And we are back. Welcome back to Talk It Up. Today's guest for the second time, Yemi Stap Adiogba. Damn it, I hard hard on the D, huh? Did I get it right? <laughs> no, that sounded good. Give it to me one more time. Adabi Stap Adiogba. Damn, I'm never going to say it like that. I'll go with Adiogba. Yemi. Adiogba. Yemi school. Yemi school. Yemi. Yeah. What an interesting name. I've actually, I never asked you this, but I've wanted to know for the people that are listening and for myself. Is there a story behind Yemi? And it's Y-E-M-I, right? Yes, Y-E-M-I. Okay. So why? Um, so why <laughs> Yemi? Why Yemi? Is there a story behind the name that you know about? You know, I have a brother uh-huh. whose name is Femi, but it's spelled just like mine. F-E-M-I. And it's Femi. But Yemi, no, F-E-M-I? it's just- F-E-M-I? Yeah. So Femi or Femi? It's Femi. Femi. Femi, yeah. Like if there was an A? I'm going to turn this a little bit this way. There you go. Okay. Yeah, like yeah, like fame. Famous. Like Femi? Mm-hmm. So there's Femi and Yemi? Yeah. Is there a story? Now you owe me two stories. Yeah. <laughs> What's the story behind your name? If there I is think, one. I think my name is just something that my father kind of sent out, or I think it was my father, maybe my mom, but it's just what they called me growing up, just- how they address me, Yemi. But that's your legal name, right? No. So what's it's your, <laughs> every, really, the last podcast, I got your last name wrong. And now, so Yemi's not even your legal first name? No, it's not even my first name. My first name is Adabi. Adabi? Adabi. Is this an African thing? Yeah, it's an African name. So, how do Nigerian. so then where, did, so Yemi is a nickname. Yemi is part of my middle name. What's your middle name? My middle name is Adayemi. How many names do you have? Um, Adabi, Adayemi, Walter, Stapp, Adioma. So that's four. Damn. Yeah. All right. We'll just stick with Yemi. Yeah. That's interesting though. So that's the name. They, so it's essentially a nickname. Was it always your nickname or did you have, did you go by a different name growing up? No, that was what I went by growing up. Okay. And as I so got when you older, go to the DMV <laughs> and they go yeah. name, please. What do you say? Well, like when I'm writing a resume or something, I put Adabi. And then I put in parentheses, Yemi. Then no I put my know. last name, Stap Adiova. So does your full long name show up like on like uh roll, like when they do roll calls and stuff, like in school and high school? Yeah. Yeah. And I would always know that they were talking about me because they would just start because the teacher would hesitate. They would just be like, um, and then I'd be like, that's <laughs> my mom me. right here. My uh, mom. That's, that's definitely me. My last name was hard to pronounce nowhere near yours, but my last name before I got adopted because it's Palmer now used to be Meeson. Yeah. Um, and it's a German name, but it's spelled M I E S E N. So it looks like Myessen uh-huh. or Mason. People would jack it up. So same thing. I knew William, right. But on the, on the uh, roll call in high school, they would always go last name first. Yeah. Um, so then when they got to mine, it was similar. They're like, William, and I was like, it's Mason. <laughs> the I is silent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, same thing. I kind of knew. So I'm yeah, on that way, but yours is out of this world. Crazy. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's out of this country for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like how you did that. <laughs> Definitely out of the country. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of, uh, that's so interesting, man, because like, uh, I feel like people that know you, what's the best way to word this? I don't feel like people really know you. I feel like people that have met you through me, they meet you real quick, but you're not a really yeah. talkative person. So unless someone really pushes the envelope with you, I don't feel yeah. like they're really going to get to know you. I feel like they're going to, which you're nothing bad. Right. So like yeah. right off the bat, maybe they don't think that, but they definitely don't get all the good parts of you. I feel like yeah. one of the most refreshing things. I don't know if I've ever told you this story. 
But when I first met you, one of the most refreshing things about you, and don't take this the wrong way, is you're kind of weird, man. You're like a weird guy. You're like yeah. strange. I guess strange is a better word. Strange, weird. But I've, I've come to like appreciate that you should appreciate. I it. take weird and strange as like interesting and like. Well, I'm cool. glad because kinda I meant cool it in days. a good way, it, not yeah. in a weird way at all, right? Uh, yeah. I reserve those words for special like moments, but the, I really think you're like a bit strange and different, but it's kind of refreshing. And that, I think that's why I liked you. And at the first time I met you, not the first time I met you, but the first time I really spent some time with you, like it was like, uh, you know, when you meet someone for the first time and they're kind of trying to feel out who you are. And yeah. so it's like, maybe they'll agree with something and you're like, I don't know. Like, I don't believe that he agrees with that. Or like, I can kind of tell anyways, I can always pick up when someone's trying to just fit in. And yeah. you were not that at all. I remember yeah. like the first time when we were on the road trip to, uh, we stopped in Alamogordo, we we're going to Rio Doso and stuff. Yeah. That was actually the second time. So that was the second time. Yeah. So that's why I said not the first time, but the first time I really got to know you yeah. because the first time was a party or night. Right. And yeah, so it was we a little, just hung out a little bit more crazy. And I liked yeah. you then too, which is why I hung out with you the second time, but yeah. I really got to know you that second time. And I, what I thought was really cool and refreshing was again, how weird and strange you were in this sense because you were saying some off the wall stuff. I remember this clearly. Yeah. And I was like, it was refreshing because I always wonder or think like, what am I going to get perceived as? These are natural things that most people think of. Right. And yeah. so I remember you saying something about hugging a tree and, uh, and the yeah, way you we, said it was we, so casual. And I'm going to ask about it. I'm going to ask you to elaborate on that in a second. So people can know what I'm talking about, but you, uh, you're in the backseat. And I, I think I said something. I don't remember the exact conversation. So if you do clear it up, but I remember right. saying something and you were like, have you tried like hugging a tree or something? Like you said, that. I was like, and I laughed and I was like, what? Like, I'll like kind of think of silly. And you're like, no, and I'm serious. Like the energy you can get from hugging this tree. And you went off all about how it'd be super healthy <laughs> if I hug trees more. And I remember thinking like, how cool is this guy that he does not really know me very well. And he's literally just telling me something that's really important to him that to most people would sound off the wall. And for whatever yeah. reason, you're like, this is who I am. This is what I'm into. This is how I feel. And you kind of just talked about it. Do you remember this moment? I do remember that. Yeah. What do you, what but, do you think of what I'm but saying? Now so? everybody's going to think I'm a tree hugger, bro. Are you a tree hugger? Let's clear it up then. Not necessarily. So no. what did you mean when you told me that that day? Because you made really good sense. By the end of it, I remember thinking like, I kind of want to hug a tree a little bit. <laughs> no, it's because like at that time in my life, uh -huh. I was watching a lot of like videos and like just interesting information. That was kind of like what I was really into. Yeah. And uh, one of the speakers that I was listening to, they kind of had a lot of science and facts about how trees can actually heal up your ligaments and stuff. Like, it's like physical, like physically it could help you. Yeah. Like and it, it can actually like heal up uh, like cartilage and stuff, uh -huh. like hugging trees or like leaning up against them in certain ways can like heal up damaged cartilage in your body. But did For you say that reason, because you were really into the videos at the time? Do you not feel that way anymore? You know, I actually feel like there's truth in it. And those type of ideas, they resonate with me a lot. Really? Like, I find that so interesting. And I do agree. I love trees. Everybody who knows me is like, oh, this guy loves trees. You're really into <laughs> plants in general. Yeah. yeah which love, is, again, really refreshing. Like and see, you're very different. I don't think you should take it as a bad thing. Do you feel like it's a bad thing? No. Okay. Because you were like, no, people are going to think I'm a tree hugger. I'm like, good. Like, yeah, they're gonna they they're gonna label me. Now, Maybe dude. I get what you're saying. Life is all about labels, and to most people, that would be a weird thing. But in my version of weird and strange, which is what I told you, I actually think that's refreshing because yeah. I don't want to talk to someone that is 
I mean, you want a little bit of a grant, but someone that brings something new to the table that you do not understand is the most interesting conversation that I could ever be in. And so yeah. when you brought that to the table that day, it was no longer about what I thought. I remember literally just dropping my whole world and just going like, wait, what's happening with these trees? And I really got into what you were saying. Yeah. And so that's the refreshing part. And it's, it was cool. So yeah, I don't think that's, that's refreshing for me too. Really? That you were on the same level of thinking that I am because I'm not I've, sure I was on the same level, but I was willing to be like, I was going like, how do I get there? And no, that's when I listened. Yeah. No, that's the same level that I am because mm-hmm. I was listening to sim- someone, else, to someone it, yeah. else talking who had the information. And I was thinking, I was like, what am I missing here? Like, Whoa, I didn't know that trees had this type of energy or like, I didn't know that this was a possibility, but it kind of was interesting to me. And I carried that forward and, mm-hmm. and I was kind of like testing you Cause you were probably just joking around. You're like, Oh, you're just a tree hugger. But I'm like, that sounds like something. I w- Did I say that? No, you didn't say exactly that, but you were kind of like messing around. And I was like presenting information that I heard. I'm like, yeah, you can actually hug trees for benefits. And I like, think that I naturally do that. And I've learned that over the years. We're talking years ago when this happened, but you're right. So I hope that I wasn't too harsh on it because I think at the end I was like, wait a minute, what happens? How does it go? But I also joke a lot, which can come yeah. off as he's not taking me seriously. But I was taking you seriously and I was no. like really considering what it was. I think I asked you a bunch of questions. Yeah, no. And I enjoyed that so much. Yeah. Like that was refreshing for me just to talk about that type of information. Like that whole trip, mm-hmm. it kind of played out like that because you it kept did. on bringing up interesting subjects and I like kept having all these random and interesting facts coming in. Like we were talking about some of the off of the wall stuff mm-hmm. because you were actually interested in like what I was talking about. And I was like, yeah, I'm interested in the same things like this. It's this is kind of, fascinating. So we're, we're on the same like level of like, are you this way? Maybe you can just answer this. Like when someone says something that you have no idea about, does that like really pique your interest? Yeah, for sure. Regardless like, if it's something you believe in or not. Like you're just like, what? Wait, wait, explain that a little bit. Like yeah. What's going on there? Yeah. Especially like on certain subjects. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes sports or like politics, I'm like, oh, I'm like not super into it yeah, because I don't watch a lot of sports or like, like to me, it's like doesn't resonate as strongly. But when it comes to like nature or like supernatural, like powers or abilities or, you know, interesting science and stuff like that sort of stuff makes me excited. You know? See, I think I could, I picked up on that right away, which is why I mean, you didn't have a sports conversation that whole time. I love sports. I'll talk just. Sports all day. Actually, I love sports too. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying though, right? I knew when like we were on this certain level of talking about weird stuff that I kind of got a grasp really quick on what kind of stuff you might be interested in. And so I wasn't really, and I'm not political either, so that worked out. But I really, I remember that. And I remember just kind of like being like, uh, it's refreshing with human beings when someone's willing to hear something, right? And they don't have to agree with it at all. Like, I don't expect, I talk about some weird stuff. If someone doesn't agree with it, it's fine. But like yeah. the people that are interested and actually want to know to form an opinion, I always respect that. If someone yeah. hears me out and at the end of it, they're like, that's dumb. Cool. <laughs> but if someone hears two seconds and they go, that guy's dumb. I'm like, well, you just judge something because you don't know about it. And I think that's kind of toxic for the world, but it's yeah. kind of, again, it's refreshing, strange and weird, but awesome. At the same time that uh, you do this thing where you're like, you're really interested in things that people are talking about. Um, if you either know nothing about it or even if it's not the same thing that you believe, I feel like you take a genuine interest in like 
wait, what do you mean by that? How's that going? I think that, I think it's going to take you places. I think it already has. And I think it yeah. will con- like continue to be that way. Yeah. I feel drawn into that situation really because I want to share and I want to build with other people. Yeah. You know, like, because I feel like almost unknowing or like, I don't want to make assumptions and feel like what I know is the way that things are. Yeah. Cause that's so limiting, you know, it is like, I just yeah. want to go in and kind of have an experience with people and like, get to know what they're thinking, share what I'm thinking and kind of meet them halfway and see. And it, that's the best part when people are like, can talk about ideas, you know? Yeah. And we can get into like, I like how you said that though. Like just experiences, you're into experiences like moments. Yeah. And that's always a big thing with me is a moments. Like when I go out, I really want to create moments. Like I really do. Like I know that there's like a thing that we're all doing, whether it's a concert or drinking or an event, you know what I mean? But I really yeah. want to make moments. Like if it's something I'm not into, I'll go, but I'll try to make a moment out of it. Like what cool story could I get out of this? What cool person could I meet? Like, is this something one day that I look back on and be like, how weird was that? And yeah. That's fun because you get to have a, a diverse set of uh, knowledge. You know what I mean, and, and I, I like a little bit of what you said. The only thing with uh, like being an expert on something is sometimes people need that. I like what you're saying about like being able to take a knowledge. You don't want to be so straight up that you can't take anyone's opinion. Yeah. But there's certain things where you are an expert on and you should deliver it with expert intent. Right. Because it's like, yeah, I, this is the way I feel and I'm going to spit it in an expert way. And if you don't take it at the end, that's fine. But it, yeah. that could be really impactful as well. Like someone that really knows what they're talking about and kind of breaking it down. I think it's no, pretty cool. I agree with that a mm-hmm. lot. Like I do like speaking with people who know what they're talking about on certain subjects uh-huh. and who are very versed in one subject. Like, like doctors. That was exactly P- what I was thinking in my P- head right now. PhD. <laughs> they know a lot about a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. They know like a lot about at- one subject. Yeah. 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 And that's. It's uh, what I was thinking. It's funny that you brought up doctor was like, how weird would it be if it, it, cause we're talking about being an expert and speaking that way. Can Uh, you imagine going to your doctor and he was kind of like low key, like, um, I don't know. Like you might be sick. You could be perfect. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I'm going to give you like 10 drugs. And then you pick the one that works the best. And, uh, you, you could be dying or you could be in the best ship ever. I don't know. Uh, I don't think you broke your arm, but it could be broken. Like, let's just get you out of here. Like, can you imagine? You'd be like, wait, what? Like, I want a doctor that's like, hey, man, this is out of the picture. There's no yeah. way it's this. You yeah. for sure have, you know what I mean? Like, I want some surety. I want my doctor to know what he's talking about. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, in certain areas, you need definitive expertise. Yeah. Straight to the point. Like, this is what I can see is happening. Like, you need it to be straight up facts. Yeah. And clean. And, and it, the delivery has to be good for it to be even be believable because maybe that doctor yeah. is right. But if their delivery sucks, then I'm like, I'm going to go see a second doctor yeah. or just not even listen to the doctor at all and be like, I know it's best. Yeah, that's a trip that we're even thinking about that because you can kind of imagine like as science and everything evolves, like maybe a lot of stuff we have, we're perceiving. You're good. Keep going. Maybe it isn't like 100% solid, you know, uh-huh. but it's like. The person who believes it as a fact, who's delivering it expertisely, they really make it concrete, you know, mm-hmm. and that's how you're able to get a specific treatment, you know, like, like at least what's available at this time at our level and then to understand it too. Right. Yeah. Cause people aren't 
you're not going to try something that you don't like. You got to feel good about stuff and you have to feel you ever had someone break something. You ever had like, I kind of think this is the answer. And then you talk to an expert and then they deliver it well. And you're like, all right, now I know for sure it's the answer. Yeah. But that delivery, yeah. you needed that extra kind of oomph. You know what I mean? To be able to be like, all right, now I know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like totally. one of those things. You know what this is making me think I got to use restroom. Already? Jesus Christ. No, no, you're good. Break. Where did everybody go? While we were talking about that, I was thinking of the OA. Oh, really? Because we're kind of talking about like uh, just experiences and stuff, right? And you said, for anyone who hasn't seen the show, um, you saw all of them, right? I'm not going to ruin anything for you. So the OA is a Netflix show, and I highly recommend it. It's essentially about near-death experiences or what they call NDEs in it, which is actually a real thing they they, um, study in the real world. But the whole show is about near-death experiences and what it brings you, where it goes. Do you go to a different place? What happens? Um, And we might ruin a little bit of the show. So if you really like it, skip past this or go to the clips page, um, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But um, on the OA, the near-death experiences is kind of cool because they go to a different place. And you know what's weird? So there's a scene in the show where where you know what I'm talking about, where she's like dead and she's like in space. Yeah. There's like the guru up there. Yeah, it's kind of strange. nowhere land where like there's kind of stars and it's kind of up in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I go there when I do the float tank, when I do the sensory deprivation tank, oh, really? I usually end up in a place similar than that. And I did the tank after I watched the show. So maybe my mind takes me there because of that. Oh, but when cool. I'm floating in a, and for anyone who doesn't know the sensory, sensory deprivation tank is a float tank with tons of salt. It's a pod. You get in there. Uh, it takes all your senses away. There's so much salt that you float on it, regardless of how heavy you are. The water is exactly to your body's temperature. Um, so you don't feel any sense of, of touch at all. You literally feel like you're floating. Uh, they turn yeah. off all the lights. It's soundproof. There's a little bit of music to relax you and then it shuts off. So you essentially it's taking away all your senses to where you're just stuck there with your mind mm-hmm. and your mind will take you to cool places. If you let it, if you're freaking out, you probably won't. Laura had a bad time in hers. Yeah. Um, but mine's always been super interesting. I've done like, like six or seven now wow. and I always end up every single float tank. I feel like I'm floating in the ocean. That's how it starts off. And then it gets a little dark because of how dark it is in the room. I feel like I'm floating in the middle of the ocean in the middle of the night. That gets a little scary. Oh yeah. But then my brain scary. starts processing stuff and then it flips. It feel because there's no weight at all. I lose my sense of gravity and this, and I know the process of like each time now, and then it feels like I'm floating in the water, but upside down, it feels like I'm floating up, hmm. but in the water, like if I got out of the water, I would, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if it was upside down, like you're facing down, facing down, floating in the sky and the water's in the sky and I'm floating that way. Okay. And then that's how I know, all right, I'm in this cool zone where I'm starting to forget what gravity is. Yeah. And then in that moment, the water usually goes away and then I'm floating in this kind of space place, oh, uh, wow. which is yeah. what the away that moment. It always reminds me of that where I'm kind of just floating nowhere. And then my brain mm-hmm. will start processing stuff. It'll start uh, the random thoughts that pop up when I'm in there. Like, uh, I wonder how my job's going so-and-so at work. And then my mind pushes that to the side. And mm-hmm. I wonder if I'm being a good uh, fiance to Laura and how the dog, and then my mind will push that to the side. Yeah. And like all those dumb little things that people think about before they go to bed, if yeah. anyone's like me, my brain will process it. And then once it's done doing that, which is about 30 minutes in, which is why I usually always do an hour, the next 30 minutes is heaven. And I've been able to reach some really cool Zen moments in that pod. Uh, just cool. thinking about life and where it goes. And it takes me to this cool place where I'm just kind of there. Um, I had one, I, I don't want, I don't want to get too emotional talking about it, but I had one, I think it was like my third float ever where yeah. I actually saw my father, um, which was interesting. You know what I mean? So I was, I didn't get to go to his funeral in real life. 
me and you talked about this a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I was actually floating and uh, my brain just took me to a weird place where I actually like hung out with him and I was very um, aware. And like, I knew that he had passed and I knew that it was like, uh, he wasn't really there, but I kind of went with it. If you have a dream and you know, it's a dream, but you kind of just go with it. You're like, yeah. fuck it. This moment's too cool. It yeah. was one of those where I just went with it and I actually hung out with him like floating around. Um, and he was just saying like some interesting stuff about like how he's proud of the things. Maybe I, my mind wanted to hear that I didn't get to hear cause I didn't go to his funeral. Yeah. Um, but it was a really cool moment where I got to really find peace. Um, not complete right to this day. I still struggle with some stuff, but it was a cool moment where I, I found this peaceful moment where I got to hang out with my father a little bit. I think part of it was my brain creating, I'm not saying my dad would have done this for reals in real life. He wasn't the greatest person. Right. Um, but it was cool to have the moment and it gave my body and my mind this sense of peace. And then when I got yeah. out of the float tank, there's like a glow where you just, the world feels kind of weird. Yeah. You're just coming off this high almost. Um, I know we kind of drifted from away into float tank, but it no. just made me think of that. No, I love, I love the float tank experience. How many of you, you've done a few, right? I've only done two. What were yours? Any, like, tell me about yours. And I can relate totally to what you're talking about, about how you're kind of getting comfortable in there. And for me, I didn't feel like I was upside down because I couldn't really get my body to fully relax. And I think have you tried the hands up. Yeah. I tried the different positions and stuff. That's my favorite. The hands up. Yeah. And I kind of just surrendered, but I, I always felt my neck, my neck, a neck pillow for that. Oh, I, need, a floating neck I pillow needed that, that. Floats around your head. Cause I had a little bit of that. Yeah. So I was like doing these breathing exercises while I was in there mm -hmm. and it was so strange when I got out, I had more of a physical experience. I felt like, I felt like a bobblehead almost like, like your body I, was more relaxed than like, your head. I felt like so much energy came out of my neck Really, that my head was light. It was like very light when I came out like an hour Did you after feel anything physical while you were in there or just when you got out while I was in there, I could feel a lot of energy in my neck, mm -hmm. in my neck area. Like I was working with it. I was like moving it subtly. And just like relaxing, but I could feel it like a lot of pressure right there in my neck the whole time. But I can also relate to what you're saying about, um, how you, those second 30 minutes, mm -hmm. how you kind of go where it's like, I felt like I was creating my own story as well. There you go. And That's for exactly me, how I felt. for me, I was, I was in an underwater cave. I was like under a mountain in water floating, like in a cave under a mountain. Like I was Sounds in the, intense, man. I was in the dark and it was also scary, but I was just in there. And then I also kind of went on my own journey. Like my mind was like bringing up ideas and mm -hmm. I was kind of accepting them and kind of enjoying like the process of thinking and like taking on those like deeper ideas, like those, those, uh, bedtime thoughts came in at first mm -hmm. and I kind of like, well, pushing those to the side. And then I was kind of like creating a story in my head, like, Oh, and like going with it. You almost have to let go a little bit. Right. Yeah. Someone that's really in control like me. That's why it took me to my third time to really have that experience. Yeah. I think I have a hard time letting go. But once I got a taste of it, like the first and second time, I really was an expert, but my third float kind of yeah. exactly what you said, where I'm like, I'm not going to control this. I'm going to let my yeah. mind control it and then just go along for the ride. And it was cool and liberating because your mind is probably what took me to that moment with my father. Without yeah. pot, like, or not without consciously choosing to do that, 
my brain was like, Hey, this is something you need to take care of. So like this is how I want to do it. It's almost effortlessly yes. as it arises. Like I wasn't choosing what was happening. It was just happening. And I was experiencing And it. you can almost feel like if, if you weren't um, relaxed or like in tune, you would resist, you would resist these. I would go backwards a little bit. So you my know? first two times, that's why it was so hard. I would get this cool spot. But then I would be conscious of it, right? I'd yeah. go like, oh, I'm at the spot. I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about the spot. Oh, it's going away. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. lose it. And so the second yeah, time yeah. I was like, when that happens, just don't do that. And then I lost it a little bit, like, but less on the second one. Yeah. And the third one, I got so good at letting go. That's why anyone that does decide to do a float tank, I advise you to do it multiple times. Because yeah. you kind of become a pro at it to the point where I know exactly what I'm going to get out of a float. And I can go there and I can get there quicker. I can get there yeah. faster than that 30 minutes, but I really exactly want to really do it again. Yeah. Like, How many, you said you've done twice? Twice. That, to me, that third, so imagine what your third time is going to be like. That third time was the sweet spot for me. And ever since then, like I said, I've been about six or seven at this point. They've all been wonderful since that third time because yeah. I kind of know how to let go now and I know what it'll bring me and I know exactly how to get there. You know what I mean? And so it's really cool. It's really, it's, it's not everyone has the same experiences, Right. But for anyone that's listening to this that thinks a lot and has a lot of stress, maybe even trouble sleeping, this is perfect for you if you go multiple times because it really allows you to let go and allows yeah. you to just let your mind take you to a place that it wants to be at and deal with it. Yeah. And your brain turns out wants to survive and wants to live. And so it's going to do the most healthiest things. You're probably the reason that you're your conscious is probably the reason that you're stressing out. Your conscious is probably the reason why you can't deal with difficult things. But when you let your mind do it and you give up control, turns out your mind wants to survive and wants you to be healthy for a long time. So it will actually do exact whether you choose to or not, it will do exactly what, I, and this is my theory, it'll do exactly what it needs to do to be healthier. That's so Weird. interesting. And it's, and it's almost because uh, it's like you're getting a break from your ordinary mm-hmm. experiences. You're kind of just in this situation where you're like floating in one position you're kind of out of your normal reality. You're like, you're not able to go check your phone. You're not able to do these like yep. constant things that you're constantly doing. Repetitive, almost things un- that are like igniting, and stimulating your mind to do things yeah. that you don't want it to do. And they're like instantaneous distractions and yep. they just continuously, continuously distracting yourself. But when you're stuck in this position, you almost have to face yourself and then yep. you, you kind of go within and then your mind starts creating it starts addressing, it starts addressing its own internal things. Mm -hmm. So you're able to like go and address yourself and your mind actually works with you and it creates these stories Mm -hmm. and it allows you to like look at stuff that actually is meaningful, you meaningful to you, Mm -hmm. maybe some things that have been troubling you and it like, and it works with those things very efficiently. Yeah. And it like you get in there and you face yourself. And you kind of, and your mind helps you work with yourself and there's no distractions and you're just in there on a little journey with yourself. That's pretty much how it is. Yeah. It, it's, it's cool. uh, the mind is powerful, man. And it, it probably is what monks feel, right? People that are so spiritual and, and at peace with stuff that they're able to find this cool they, at this point. And I mean, when you become a monk, I'm sure they know how to do it. They're skillful. Yeah. And so it's a great way. And I'm not telling everyone it's like being a monk in there. I'm saying it's a good starting point. I'm saying it's wonderful to take all the distractions in your life, put them on the back burner and deal with something different. And it's refreshing. I've never once came out of the float tank and been more stressed out. There was one time where I I almost like, I thought I might crash 
because me and Lloyd did one and we got in the car and my body and my mind was so relaxed and we went to hit the highway. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, fuck, fuck that sign. Like, I'm just going <laughs> to, yeah. like, I, I didn't, I didn't want to like drive. Like I was like, I'll just stop driving. And like, I remember thinking like, all right, you got to get out of this place because oh, you're going to drive you're, off the side of the mountain. Now? I'm driving, yeah. but I was so relaxed that I'm like, I don't want to do it. Like I felt like letting go and just like being where the car takes you me. felt like just continuing yeah, to float like, while it, driving. I was like, I almost <laughs> wanted to go back, man. And so it's like for anyone that does one probably don't drive afterwards. I mean, I was fine. I never like nothing ever happened, but yeah. just the fact that that was there, uh, it would have been nicer just to sit in the lobby and kind of like process remember and process. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was so relaxing, man. It, it's uh, it was life changing. Man, that's cool. I love the floats. Did you ever have, have you ever had a repetitive dream? I do have some repetitive dreams. What kind of repetitive dreams have you had? Like one that comes right up is uh, sometimes like if I get a cold, then I'm in like this battle situation. It's like a big battle happening, almost like a cowboys and Indians. Wait, you have a cold in the dream? Or are you saying when I have a cold and like, go to bed? Like in reality, yeah, like I'm getting a little bit sick. And then I have this battle dream. When you go to bed that night? Yeah. Okay. So, and dream. then what happens? That's in the dream? a repetitive dream that I've had. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of like a situation that I'm in. Like cowboys and Indians, like just straight up. Axe, are you a cowboy? Or are you axes and I'm just everybody. I'm just like. You're just part of the I'm whole. just in war. Like I am the whole war. It's weird. That's wild, man. Yeah. And that's like a weird thing that I have when I'm sick. But I know that I have two or three repetitive dreams. And I can't really pinpoint them right now. Mm -hmm. But I feel like one of them is like a location. It's like. A place. A safe place maybe that you go to. I don't know if it's safe. It's more like a puzzle or well, something. Well your brain likes it. It's more like almost like a haunted house. Not quite haunted though. But like a puzzle house. Like a puzzle house. That sounds scary as shit man. It, it is a like a nightmare. It's a little bit scary. And it it's something that's so familiar because I know that I've been there many times. So what do you do in the dream when you're there? You're aware that you've been there before? Yeah. And do like, you ever make things happen in the dream or do you just kind of go with what comes up? It seems like I'm only aware of it when I first wake up. Like. Oh, so like, you're not aware when it's happening, but when you wake up, you're like, I've had this before. I wake up and I realize the dream that I had. And I'm like, I know that dream. I've been there like. 50 times already. I've had that dream in that location. So what happens in the house? I don't like, I can't recall the details solidly. Like for me lately, I haven't been exercising my dream recall mm -hmm. because I know for a time, uh, I would practice dream recall. Like I would wake up and I would tell like, or, or write it down. Right. Yeah. I would tell my partner about it. I would be like, Hey, yo, I had this dream and that would help me it like built a structure mm -hmm. to where I had dream recall and it was like more solid in my waking mind. But at this point I haven't been exercising dream. It's kind of like hazy. So it's kind of like the details aren't there and it's only something that's familiar when I first wake up and then it fades away because I don't talk about it or like. It's usually how they are. Most of them fade away, huh? Yeah. The amount of cool dreams that I've had that faded away is probably enormous. Yeah. But I, I've had a few repetitive ones. Uh, some of them I've talked about in this podcast, but I have like four or five that are repetitive. Some of them are scary. One of them specifically kind of a horror one. Um, but this cool one that was coming to my mind, I have this repetitive one. And it's repetitive in the sense that it almost happens the same exact way every time. Um, yeah. And every single time I'm aware that I've done it before. Um, and so there's a place. This might sound out of this world crazy. 
but I'm really not as much anymore. Kind of, you said there's a time I was really in tune with my dreams and I had this dream and I had it a lot where I, I could fly. I, my, me flying in dreams is synonymous. Like some of this one I'm talking about specifically involves flying, but some of them involve flying that are dumb as hell. Yeah. For whatever reason in dreams at the end, I usually fly away or something. I don't know why that's maybe one of my like superpowers in my head. Yeah. But in this repetitive dream, it started off. You know, what's funny. This is how weird it is. This is actually a continued continuation dream. That is also repetitive, meaning like a movie, a sequel to this dream happened. It's weird. Yeah. And um, so essentially in this dream, I was learning how to fly. God, I really want to break this down. Is that okay? Cause no, it's how crazy it is here. So multiple dreams, and each of them were repetitive. So it starts off like this. And I had this when I must have been like 12 years old, maybe 11. My mom used to drink a lot. And she uh, would wake me up at night. Me and my brother lived or stayed in the other room. And she would come wake me up once my brother Colin fell asleep. And she's like, hey, do you want to watch movies with me? Uh, maybe that was her way of bonding with her youngest at the time. Um, which I wasn't her youngest, but people were in and out of the home. Yeah. Weird story. I won't get too deep into that. But she would come grab me. And take me in there. And she got really hammered one day. We're watching Child's Play, the movie with the Chucky doll. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was a marathon. And it was on TNT or some show like that. And she um, was like, we're going to watch these together. And I was like, okay, it's scary, but I'll watch them with my mom. And my mom got really hammered and fell asleep. Oh, like in man. the first Chucky. And there's like three more of these. <laughs> and so I was like, well, like, so I was like, it, it petrified me like really traumatized me as a kid but i watched oh, these man. chucky movies and i couldn't go to sleep because that was scary and it was hard staying awake because the movie was scary but i got through it yeah. and uh it freaked me out a lot but then it started me having this dream so i used to have this dream this is how it starts off it's me in an alleyway and for whatever reason the alleyway is dirt and gravel and i'll never forget this because i was running down it starts off always with me running. I don't know how I got there, but I'm in the alley and I'm running and the mm -hmm. Chucky doll is chasing me with a knife. And he's like, ah, he's, he looks <laughs> And I look back in my dream. I can see him and I'm running. Oh, I'm man. running from him. And then I try to fly for whatever reason, the stream, I jump and I get a little bit off the ground. Like maybe yeah. the way a guy looks on the moon. Yeah. And I fall and I hit. That's why I remember it's gravel as I hit the gravel and it cuts me up. And then I get up, dust myself off, look back, and he's right there again. For whatever reason, the dream is always like right about to get me. So then I start sure. running again, feeling like he's just about to get me. And I run and jump to fly, and I can't do it. And I hit the ground, and I fall. And that happens like two or three times. Yeah. So that was the first repetitive dream. He would eventually get me, and that's when I would wake up. I yeah, couldn't yeah. jump anymore. I turn around, and he's like, ah, and his chucky face. And he would get me, and I wake up. Yeah. So I'd have that dream a lot as a kid. That's very familiar to me. Actually. Really? Like dreams of like almost being on the moon. That yeah, weight, like that where weightless gravity like, definitely doesn't like trying, exist a little bit. Yeah, that trying to fly, like yes. barely and like gliding a little bit. Like, So then that was the first repetitive dream. I would have that a lot. And then I had another repetitive dream where all of a sudden I could fly. It, it evolved almost where I get to this point where I could fly, but it would it would die out. Like, so I'd be flying and all of a sudden, like my powers would go away and I would just start falling. And that's how I'd wake up. So then yeah. it evolved into that. And I would have that dream for a while where I was mm. flying and then for whatever reason, I was, I was like, why can't I fly? And I would crash and I would die and wake up. Yeah. And then after a while, I started having this. Here's where it got weird. So there was a guy in my dream and he was like my guru. And when I say guru, I'm not talking like the way you see a monk. It was just a regular dude. And I was flying. And I remember he told me, this is the third repetitive dream. He started telling me that he could teach me how to fly. He said, I know you're struggling with flight. That's what I do. Let me show you. And and I know this sounds crazy. He was teaching me how to control my flight. So I'd be floating and he goes, let your mind loose. And I would float down that way. I didn't crash. 
He's like, I need you to kick it up a notch. And I would fly up. And he was like, all right, I need you to push hard left. Not too hard. You're going to fly into the wall. All right, push right. He started teaching me how to fly in my dream, like how to maintain the balance. And I would hurt myself every now and then. And then I had that dream for a while where he was teaching me how to control my flight. That's crazy. I know it sounds crazy, but maybe because I'm so young at this time, it's been like a year or two. And I keep having these repetitive dreams. And then here's the end of this story. This is the final dream that I also had repetitive, right? So for whatever reason, once I get to a certain level in my flight, in my dream, I stop having those dreams. So then I started having this final one and it was the craziest one. I'm going to do my best to break this down for you. So now that I know how to fly, this guy tells me you're ready. You're done. You know how to fly. I'm taking you to this place. And this is like, this is, you need to go here. And this is where our story ends. Yeah. And he teaches me how to fly. And so in my dream, I fly like super fast speed, like almost like Star Wars. And I'm flying super fast. And he takes me to the Arctic, the middle of the ocean, at least in my dream. I don't, don't, whoever knows geography, they're going to be like, that's whatever. And my, it's the middle of nowhere. No one goes there. It's the middle of a super cold ocean. And yeah. he, tell, he teaches me how to fly straight up almost to space, but not, not quite where there's no air. But I go yeah. as high as I can go with still having air. And then he tells me that we're going to nosedive straight into the water. But he's like, just the way I taught you, when you hit the water, you just keep going as fast. The way we're light speeding here, down. He said, do not stop. If you stop before we get there, you're going to be in the middle of the ocean and you'll die. And I was like, what? And he said, just trust me. Just keep flying. You'll know when the flight's over. And so in my dream, me and him fly all the way up, almost to space. We nosedive straight down in the ocean, hit the water. We're going so fast that we can still breathe because of the way we hit it. Yeah. And we fly down. And similar to where it ends up, how I told you earlier, I felt in the pod where mm-hmm. the water was up. Mm-hmm. We fly and we come out into air, but under the ocean where the water is the sky. Yeah. And we, we literally fly and we pop out there and we do the float thing where you don't hit the ground. And there's a freaking world down there, almost like avatar, really colorful people. Like there's no technology. There's a ton of trees, waterfalls. It's crazy. It's under the ocean. Yeah. And then I'm like, what? And he's like, this is where I leave you. And there's like a village of people down there. And that I don't know what crazy. Maybe there's more to the dream. Maybe I got too old to where my, my, uh, imagination wasn't as strong, but I never yeah. finished. Like I remember thinking I'm going to go meet these people or figure out what's down here, Go for it. Uh, but nothing ever happens after that. But I did rehab the same dream. I had that dream like three or four times where I would get there. And I remember thinking like, I need to know what's next. And then I grew up and I never finished it. That sounds freaking amazing. To me. <laughs> did you see my excitement when I started? I'm like, I, I really need to break down this whole story. So you guys get it. But that's the evolution of me learning how to fly in my dream and where it took me. That's wild, huh? Yeah. To and me, the fact that it was repetitive. That is very strange. That takes me back to the OA feeling. Yes. But also it makes me think of like real world stuff, like, like the UFO phenomena. Like uh-huh. there's a lot of videos of UFO, UFOs flying over the ocean and then crashing into the ocean. That's a good point. Like unidentified flying ships. And like, couldn't it be possible there's an air bubble under the ocean. And if there's plant life down there, which there was in my dream, that would give you the ability to keep the bubble alive. There's oxygen in that. Yeah. So I don't know, but like, that's a weird dream to have. And you're right. Like all the UFO stuff where it's like, and there's so many like theories, like, and no one's ever been that low before inner earth theories, like inside of earth, there's other worlds and stuff. So no one's ever been to the bottom of the ocean. So, I mean, if we're being, obviously I know this is outrageous, but if we're being pragmatic, pragmatic like that's totally possible right yeah. since no one's been there anything's possible anything could be there it could be nothing it could be a, just a bunch more water 
Yeah. But that would be crazy if there was like an earth down there or a new world. Yeah. Very like, small. Like obviously. an inner earth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I feel like we could hardly even know what the earth is. I've heard facts like we know, we know more about the moon than we do about the ocean, the ocean inside of the ocean. That's true. And it also trips me out because me, I never really like learned to fly that great in my dreams. Really? You know, like your dreams, it's like you progressed further and like boom, boom. I think that's part of my personality too, is I'm stubborn. So like in my dream, I'm sure I'm like, ah, I gotta figure this. There's a way, there's a way. Yeah. Cause in our dreams, we're not that conscious to push anything far, but if you can start to be, I think it could take you like to cool places. Yeah. I don't know. But I used I was, to always think like something cool was there, but then as I grew up, I realized they were in fact just dreams. Maybe they just became hazy, but I'll never forget how real they were. Like I can recall the details. I can recall the trees. I can recall learning. I can recall the gravel when I fell from the Chucky doll. And yeah. so it's like weird things like that, that I was like, the brain is so powerful. We have no idea what's happening when we dream. There's dream doctors that don't know what's going on. They know yeah. somewhat, but like, so yeah. for me to have those dreams, I've always thought like, what a cool, like, thing to experience. I don't know what they meant. Maybe someone that's listening that knows dreams better than me can break it down, but that's pretty crazy, huh? No, it's super interesting. And I definitely think that the dream experience mm-hmm. has a lot of meaning. Like it's very enriching for your, our lives out here. Like, especially if you learn to recognize that you're having these repetitive dreams mm-hmm. and you like learn to have dream recall and stuff, you can get a lot of meaning and enrichment out of your dreams. I think dreams can be a bit confusing too, though. Like some of them, I'm talking about some really cool ones, but there's tons of them where like I wake up and I'm like, why would I have that dream? Oh, I know. Some of them are very challenging for sure. Some of my dreams really challenge me and like, can yeah. you think of one right now that like was trouble. like, what the heck does that mean? And it makes no sense at all. Oh, I, I can for sure. I mean, give me one. I've had weird dreams of like weird, uh, sexual relationships with inappropriate people, like, <laughs> like family members or like, you know what I mean? Like I've actually heard those, this before. Those though. dreams really trouble me. I'm like, what was See, people like, are really willing to talk about stuff I mean, like that. Cause they're yeah. really being judged, but yeah, it, really it's, it's the thing that's happened to me and made me really reflect on myself. I'm really? like, well, why am I thinking this? The majority of the time it means something you don't think it means. Like at least from the research that I've done, I've talked about maybe on this podcast about one where I was like getting this girl pregnant that I worked with. I think I was like maybe 20 years old, 21. And I worked uh, with this girl and I mean, she was cute, but she like, I never like was thinking about her, but I used to have this dream where I knocked her up. Like it was just, you know what I mean? And I was like, why would I have this dream? And I always thought like it meant like, Maybe I'm nervous that I have a kid in the world I don't know about or something. Yeah. And that's not what it means at all. Like when I did research <laughs> on it, they say that when you have dreams about impregnating someone, it's your mind. It's based off the fact that you think that that girl is impregnatable. It means you're attracted to them. It means like they have the qualities of someone that I would impregnate. Right. Uh-huh. But if, when I woke up, I'm like, why her? Like, I don't, she's kind of annoying. Like I'm you know I mean? yeah. but it was some part of my brain picked up on the fact that she would be a, maybe a good mom or something or that yeah. she would be worthy enough. Yeah. And so it's weird how your brain does that, but your, your dreams aren't always like what you mentioned with a family member or something. I actually read yeah. stuff like that. It yeah. probably means something different. I bet, I don't know. We could probably research some of it, yeah. but if I had to guess, it probably means that you are like uh, struggling with a relationship with a family member or something mm. deeper to where your brain is just trying to portray it in a certain way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No. And I feel like that's a part of the dream experience too. Like it takes you 
and makes you face yourself once again and those darker sides of yourself. You can really come in contact with that in your dreams. You can be like, dang, maybe I'm not perfect. It kind of like shows you that you are kind of messed up. Also, it's like, I think we're all a little messed up. Yeah. We're all a little messed up. The more you can acknowledge that, the more like you can grow, huh? For sure. I think um, maybe that's part of the the float tank. Maybe it's your dreaming awake. Maybe it's the most control you're ever going to have over your dream and be aware of it because you're kind of still awake. It's like going close to the dream state, but with more control. Yeah. Like a little bit more consciousness. Yeah, Yeah, it is for sure. Yeah. And I was thinking that. Damn, I don't know. I lost. It went away. Yeah, it happens, bro. So that happened on the last podcast too, where it's like right there, and just go. It'll come back to you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think dreams are powerful. I think uh, trauma like really affects your dreams, but I also think that yeah, growing up the way I grew up, I relied on my imagination a lot because my real world wasn't so well. Yeah. So I think being so imaginative allowed me to have these weird dreams. Yeah. Um. And as we grow up as adults, we just we have less imagination. We do. Um. If I was a music artist, which I do write music, but I'm talking about someone who's took it seriously and wanted some fresh ideas and some cool thing to go off of. Uh, you have to pee again, don't you? A little bit. Yeah. Okay, you noticed gonna, or- <laughs> Yeah, We're going to take a break. Well, let me get the story out real quick. Okay. Um, if, uh, if I was a music artist or someone writing a song, I would, I know this sounds weird. I don't know how we do it. If you're a father or a mother or as an artist and you wanted some new idea, I would go to a child because children think unbiasedly and they think wild. And I think if I saw like, if I wanted a new idea, I would have a five minute conversation with a kid and I would take some cool thought and be like, I remember a song about that. You know, kids sometimes like fireballs don't exist in the sun. Like you're something weird. I'm like, what? Like I would make a song about fireballs. Like I'm hotter than the sun, but do I exist son? Like, I don't know. (laughs) I would like just take that idea and run with it. So children, way to go. Hey, when it comes to ideas, (laughs) that's a weird place to pause. No, I think it's so important. I don't want to pause there just yet. Go. I think it's important what you're saying about our imaginations Yeah. and dreams. It's very much connected because I feel like, as we grow older, I think, I think we're losing something as we lose our imagination. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like the real world that we're in imagination is a part of that. It's a part of what we're creating. It's a part of what we're creating. Yeah. And I think and it definitely a, comes, becomes tainted when you're an adult, right? Like your yeah, imagination it, is now you're worried about money. You're worried about family. You're worried about There's health. a big system. Yeah. There's a like, Oh, you got to make money. This is the real world. You got to take care of bills. You got this, that, that. The more you get, you have a house payment, car payment, credit cards, this. Like it stacks up and it crushes your imagination down because you're like more embedded into this system of of life, which is important. Like I'm not all one-sided, you know? Yeah, those things are obviously important, but but the balance I can definitely feel like my soul, like I don't want it to be crushed. When I say that, I mean like my imagination. Mm-hmm. And my ability, like when I'm just living my life to have moments of joy because I had a, a fun fantasy or like I thought of something that's funny or creative. Yeah. Like your imagination helps you enjoy your life. I feel like. I think so too. And you don't want that to be crushed. And I feel like dreams are essential. I feel like there's stuff like we're missing understanding. We don't fully understand it, but I feel like it's a part of our being that is kind of lost as we get older and more embedded 
but it's like integral to us having joy and creating beautiful things and like having real moments of creation Mm -hmm. and like having that, you know, like when you're really activated or they call it when the athletes are in their flow, they're Mm -hmm. in their zone and stuff like that's, I feel like that's real stuff, you know, like, like when an artist is really in tune, like real good art, real good art is created. Yeah. Real beautiful moments and experiences, which are like some of the most valuable things in life. Because when you wake up the next day after going out with your friends and stuff, there's only like a few key moments that stand out, you know? It's like sometimes there's none. <laughs> I know, yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's like not, it's lost. Yeah. But sometimes you can create a few like moments and experiences. And like that's all that that lasts, you know, memories, you know. Yeah, like when someone passes away, you don't remember. You usually remember like the key moments. You don't really remember like I, he made a sandwich on a Thursday. Okay, I got to pee. All right, pee break. <laughs> Number two. Hey, what day is it? Saturday. Is it January? No, man, it's August. Oh wow, August. Um. All right, we're back. Take it a little break again. <laughs> It'll be fun. Add, I'll add something for each little break. I yeah. want people to be like, "Why do they take so many breaks?" I love Comment those, down below and I ask love us. Your, uh, your commercials in the clips. Yeah, I try to. <laughs> oh, I'm trying hit that, to hit that subscribe button, everybody. I'm trying. To, yeah, I'm trying to do some new ones. Real quick, before we keep going with the story, I did tell you earlier. I wanted to make a point to tell you this, or to tell everyone that's listening. Um, if there's a part of this podcast that you enjoy and then you get to a part where you're not too interested in, that is exactly what the clips page is for. I, not a, pe- not a lot of people know that there is one. So if you go down at the bottom of this video, there's talk it up, which is where you're at now. Then there's talk it up clips where you can literally just search for the exact topics you want to listen to. Uh, they all have thumbnails. They all have titles. Um, click those and go there. I encourage you to, to go to those. If you want to listen to just your subjects, a lot of people, turn off when a certain subject comes on and then don't hear the end, which they might've enjoyed. Um, So just do that. If you guys get to a place where you're not tuning in anymore, just go to the clips. Just want to get that out. Um, But yes, I enjoy this conversation. We were talking about creativity off the dream world and like talking about how it's important in life to be creative and to tap into that part of your mind. Um, And we lose that as we grow older. Um, You had made a comment to me whenever we're taking a break um, that it reminded you of your aunt. Was there a thought there you wanted to say? Oh, yeah, because you had mentioned um, when people pass away Uh that we remember, like, key things about them. And my aunt just recently passed away. And she was my mom's uh, twin sister. So she was very And you're really close close to your mom. Yeah, I'm really close to my mom. Me and my aunt, we had our challenges in life, you know? Yeah. Like, she was different from my mom. Mm -hmm. She definitely, she had a rough delivery. Like my mom learned how to be nurturing and loving and kind. Yeah. But my aunt didn't really have the delivery of the nurturing and kind, but she still had the same good intentions, though. Yeah. the same wisdom that she was trying to just help me navigate life and make better choices. And just, she wanted the best for us. She wanted me to be a good person. And that always reflected through, you yeah. know, and, uh, so I was just thinking about, you know, life and death and like, as people pass on, like, what do we leave behind, you know? And like, what does it even mean? Right. It's kind of a trip. It is a trip and you can really apply it to anyone that's lost anyone ever. 
But there's always those moments where we try to figure out what we could have done differently or how we could make a relationship different. And if you talk to a counselor, they'll always say, let that go. And maybe, right, maybe that's an important thing. Yeah. But I also like the question. I like thinking, what should I have done? What? Because that usually leads into exactly what you said, which is what impact did they have on me? Right. Yeah. If you have a healthy relationship with death, which I like to think I do now, I didn't always. Yeah. You start asking yourself those questions. And it's really important to get to the grieving process, right? To get to the part where you're sad, you're angry, you're frustrated, whose fault is it? Kind of, all yeah. of the stages of grief, yeah. right? Right. And then get to that part where it's like, all right, I want to move on. That's what this person would want from me. Yeah. What could I take from this? Right. And I love how you broke down. She wasn't the kindest person with her words. But she was a kind person. Her delivery was off. And as someone who has bad delivery sometimes, I totally relate to that because I would like to people to think that I was a good person. I would like for people to see the good things of me. But yeah. I can be kind of straight up. I could be kind of like it's, it's easy for someone to insert like Will is being a dick. And usually yeah. I'm not. Maybe there's some times where I am. But mostly it comes from a good place. And so yeah. I like that you were able to distinguish that because uh, it's very easy to find if it's someone you didn't have the greatest relationship, it's really easy to find the things that they didn't do well. Yeah. But it's really hard to find the things they didn't do well. And why, like, what was it? What were they really trying to say? So I like that you said that. Cause that's, that's a, you're ahead of where you should be in the grieving process. Cause that's really hard for people to get to that place. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that you are. Cause it's super important, right. To be able to, to say uh, what their intent was. Because people intend to do good things and it comes off bad sometimes. Yeah. The delivery is a little rough. Yeah. But delivery is supposed to be rough with the world full of like different people. We're all different colors. We all speak language differently. And maybe it's supposed to be tough. her perspective on me, it's justifiable, you know, I'm her sister's son. So I'm just like a child in her eyes. Yeah. So she's looking at me making all these childish mistakes. And being the young man and the fool that I was growing up, because, gosh, you know, did a lot of dumb shit as a young man and a child, you know? Yeah. And, like, it's totally understandable. I feel like I'm rough with my delivery to the children in my life today, you know? You think so? And I think if I died today, I would realize that they would probably have a similar impression of me. Like, dang, he was, like, a lot rough a lot of the time. <laughs> I don't think Hopefully, they would, you know, but I appreciate that you said that because that shows that you're self-aware of what you could be. Yeah. Um, I don't agree with that. I think, I think that you, there's a level of roughness. If you even want to call it roughness, that's appropriate. And that's important because we don't live in this sugar coated world where all the girls get to be princesses and Queens and all the boys get to be princes who take yeah. them to the ball. That's not real. There's some fuckheads out there. That's not yeah. taking the girl to the ball. They're taking them somewhere else. And there's some girls out there that don't quite fit the glass slipper, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And so, and that's important too, to realize like those are real things, you know what I mean? So I, I think that you have a really good balance, man, but maybe cause I want to understand a little bit more what you mean by that. Can you elaborate a little bit more? Like what, what do you mean about the rough delivery? Like what, what does that even mean? Well, are you meaning like hurting someone's feelings? Yeah. And being, being, uh, like a little bit crude, like, like almost controlling, you know, instead yeah. of friend to friend, like me and you, mm -hmm. I never have that experience with you because I feel you're, like I can be a little rough with you. So I'm glad that you said that. No, you're, you're like I'm my straight up. You're my friend. Yeah. It's rough 
but it's it's always like equal playing field the the respect is there but when i'm talking to children i can be like a little bit overbearing sometimes you know you think so yeah i think you're just worried like a little bit like harsh like a little harsh like a little bit like go do that you know what i mean because i was raised like that my father and everything being in the military very disciplined and stuff mm-hmm. and very like definitely but i feel like it's i feel like uh parenting is like that though i've i've read some cool stuff about like conscious parents and mm-hmm. like like good parents like really good parents and how to be a good parent and it's like treating your children as if you guys are just human beings together I feel not like so much control I feel like that's how I will them. be yeah. First of all, I think you do really well, by the way, but I'm interested in what you're saying because maybe there's something there I'm not understanding. Are you, first of all, congratulations by the fact that you even know this, you know, how many parents in this world were, are like, they think they're the shit or they think they know things right. Yeah. The fact that you're going, maybe I could be better at this. Maybe I'm too rough yeah. at this. Maybe sure. I'm this. That is amazing. The, 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 you're talking years of therapy to get where you're at with none. That's amazing. So, but I really want to understand you. So I'm going to ask a few questions if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Are you referring to, because I agree with you. I agree. And I don't know how it's easy for me to say all this because I'm not a parent. So I, people know that about me. I'm not a parent. Yeah. But I hope that I'm exactly what you said. I talk to children now as if you've seen how I talk to Annalise or like, I talk to them as if they're human. I don't baby talk at all. Which maybe that's important. I don't know. Maybe some counselor can tell me that. But I like to go, hey, what's going on? What are you doing? That I mean, and I talk softly, but I talk and I explain and I let them understand. So I like to hope when I have kids that I'm the same way. So are you referring to the fact that you're I'm the adult, you're the kid, this is the way it is? Like some of that comes out? Yeah, yeah. That comes out. But I think as I'm as I'm in the experience, I'm like learning uh kind of Settle that down a little bit. And what do you hope to accomplish by settling it down? I think settling it down just allows for real connection and not so much just like controlling, demanding. Because I mean, like discipline and stuff, discipline and respect. How do you instill that into a young child that you're trying to raise, you're trying to raise good human beings, you know, and there's, there's different ways you could think that you have to drop it down on top of their heads, you know, but it's really not like that. It's really, it's really like, cause emotions come into play a lot, emotional reactions and responses, you know, mm-hmm. but it's almost about like taking that emotion, but also being able to like neutralize it. And just always keeping cool and level and like, and you're kind of leading the way you're kind of leading the way you're showing the child. Okay. Whoa. I understand, you know, like, but you don't have to be reactionary. You kind of have to understand and then respond with. But what if that's your baseline? What if you mostly do that? Don't you think it would be more important to have that be your baseline? 70% of the time, I'm the calm, cool, understanding person. But here's my issue with being that way all the time is what happens when you put that person in sports? Do you think some coach in high school is going to be calm with your child? And what do you think happens to the kid who's only had calm in his life when his high school coach decides to yell at him? It's going to be really tough on him and he's going to quit. 
And yeah. so there's this weird balance that you said, right? Yeah, what if that's your sure. baseline? Maybe even 60, tone it down a little bit from 70 that I said, mm-hmm. you mostly explain things. But I also think it's important to not shield your per- child, your person from the real world. You know what I mean? Because yeah. people aren't going to be nice. You, you know what I mean? Eventually your child's going to have to go to the DMV and people are out of their goddamn minds there. And you want them to come home halfway sane after that because it's a real part of life that we all have to do every four to eight years if we want to get a license or to register a vehicle, right? Yeah, or even more like dangerous situations come up and you need to be able to be like, get back from the cliff you need to edge. Yes. You need to be able to get real serious. Yeah. You know? What happens when you're in a <laughs> bank and it's getting robbed? You don't want your child to like only know how to deal with calmness because that robber is not going to be calm. Yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. And that's why I started this Somewhere. conversation with telling you that I think you're a little bit harder on yourself than you should be. I think you're great at this, by the way, I take um, a lot of, I take a lot of things that you do into my personality as part of what I do. I take a little bit of all my friends and because you become one of my better friends, one of my good friends, closest friends, we have a lot of memories. Now I really respect who you are. I am going to tell you about something that you may not see in yourself, which is that I think you have a great balance. I rarely see you stern. If anything, this might sound crazy. I think you could be a little bit more stern. Because I think that you have this really, really cool relationship with who you are as a person and it comes out well. You're not reactive. If someone says something that's annoying or maybe even insulting to you, you don't react to that. But when there's a moment, an opportunity to let someone know this is exactly how I feel and this is what's going on right now, you can do that too. And you do it really well. And so I'm telling you that because I think there's a benefit in here's where you don't want to do it, right? Maybe this could pertain to you. You could tell me if I'm wrong or right. What you don't want to do is be that person and then never address it because then it becomes like, what's wrong with my dad? Like, why is he being this way? And then all of a sudden he's kind again. Like, is he he crazy? Is he bipolar with all the stigma around mental health? That's what they're going to kids talk to kids. What they say, like, you know what I mean? They say terms like that where people don't know what they mean. What you don't want to do is not address it, but I think it's totally healthy to be a human being. And if someone, and then afterwards going maybe back up to your child and saying, Hey, I didn't mean to get rude. That was rude to me. And I apologize. And that way your child can see that you do that. What I meant to explain was this. And what I did was wrong, but I want you to know why I did it. This is why. Yeah, I did it. that's great advice. Isn't yeah. that, wouldn't that I, work better? I forget that sometimes, but really addressing your reactions. Yes. Is very important for sure. Because kids really kind of know. It bridges dumb, the gap. It yeah. bridges <laughs> the gap. Yeah. Because you're like angry, you react and then you kind of go away and then you calm down. You know, like, think about what you did and then you want to kind of bridge that gap. You want to be like, okay, I was angry. Maybe I didn't respond the best. Okay. And let's let's models for yeah. them that they can also be angry and it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Like you can, as long as you address it like a man, if it's a boy child or woman or whatever, I don't want to get into gender stuff, but like yeah. you can address it appropriately like an adult and there's an opportunity. That's when you teach them what apologies and forgiveness is. Right? That's important. Yeah. Too. Yeah. It's a full thing for sure. And yeah. it's like learning how to deal with it health in a healthy way. Yeah. And I was just thinking, uh, I'm just kind of going off of my own experience. Like what I'm saying, it's because I feel a certain way about how I'm treating people, you know, like having to make that apology. I'm like, whoa, I don't want to be doing that too much. Like, I don't feel great about that. Maybe is it that a sign that I've been messing up too much? If, I, if I'm apologizing a lot, just that means self, I messed up a lot. Self-evaluation, yeah. Like maybe I want to bring it back to 50%, mm-hmm. 50%. Maybe I'll be more comfortable there. Well, again, know, the fact that you're even less. aware of it is probably a good start. When people tell me what they're scared of, I kind of know right away that that's not who they're going to be because someone that can admit something, like if someone came up to me, like I'm scared of being this, 
outrageous person that no one understands. I'm like, you're already on the road to not being that. Cause he just told me that. Yeah. It's usually the people that don't even know that, that I'm like, Oh, this guy thinks he's awesome. And he doesn't realize <laughs> that he annoyed half the people in this room. The moment he stepped in it, those are the yeah. people I'm worried about. I'm not worried about you at all. Cause that fear is already kicking in. It's already you self-reflecting. You're already governing. And there's a bit of a denial in there when you do that, where it's like, you, you have to identify where you're wrong. Me and you were talking earlier about the situation with the bouncer at the bar. Um, and, mm. and I'll kind of fill everyone that's listening. And we were going to a club or a bar. Uh, my friend yeah. was DJing there and we had a group of people. It was me and you, uh, Lloyd, uh, his girl, my girl. And we were going in there and literally the, the bouncer, we're just in a line for, uh, for a different place. I even see the name script. We're at broken spoke waiting in line. We decided we really wanted to get to Jack's and because of COVID stuff, broken spoke had told us that we couldn't get into Jack's from there. We'd have to go to a different line to get into Jack's. So we were already waiting there for a while. Yeah. And I was like, all right, let's go over there. Cause Laura really wants to go. So we move over to this other line. Nobody's there. There's like four to five security guards. We're in like bulletproof vests. One of them was, it's yeah. a bit much, but whatever. I walk up and I say, Hey, is this the line for Jack's? Because it was a line to get an Amador grill. And so naturally I asked that because I'm like, I know Jack's is up there, but it was also up there from the other entrance. And they told us to come here. So just to yeah. make sure we're not wasting our time. I was like, is this the entrance for Jack's? He said, yeah, the line's right there. And he points on the ground. And we go to move to the line and he says, yeah. And by the way, uh, it closes at 12 and the wait is over an hour. So you're not going to get in. And I got mad because I was like, why did you say that? Why did you point and do your power trip thing to tell me to stand here? Wait for us to go there and then say that. And so I got yeah. mad at him. Right. And I was like, why would you don't waste our effing time? Like I literally told him that and he said, what'd you say to me? And then he actually walked up and then I walked back up to him. And there was a moment where he was kind of like, we're in each other's face. And I just repeated it. And I just told him straight up. And there's a click that happens in my brain where I, we we're talking about this earlier, where I just have to get this out. I said, Hey man, if I walk up and there's no, I'm not going to get in. Just say that. Say, Hey guys, thanks for coming in. You can wait. That's totally an option. But based off the wait right now, you might not get in. And I know everything closes at 12. I don't want you to waste your time. So I just want to give you a heads up. You may not get in. That's yeah. a way cooler way of saying that. But the way sure. he did it, and so I just told him, I said, you don't have to be a dick about it, man. And I looked him in his eyes. I said, hey, man, you're wasting our time. You're being an asshole. And you could tell all the other security guards are kind of like, what's going to happen here? Uh, and he actually, like, after I retold him when he stepped up, he was like, hey, man, I didn't mean to be that way. I'm like, all right, but you see how you're being a dick, right? And he was like, yeah. He admitted it. And I was like, all right, cool. We're leaving, man. We're, don't, I don't want to stay here and argue with you all night. Apparently, we only have yeah. like, so much time. And so we yeah. left. But it's that part of me that, like, I have a cool relationship with that because I could have handled that way worse, but I also wanted him to know like, Hey, you can't treat people like this. You're the door guy. People are going to come in here and you're the face of this place. Everyone who doesn't get in tonight will only remember you. They will not remember the music, the drinks or the people or the experience because they didn't have one. They never made it inside. You are their experience and you're a representation of this club and you should at least be nice when things suck. If you know, I'm not getting in. Can you at least gently tell me in a way that's nice so I can at least tell all my goddamn friends we didn't get in, but the guy was so nice. They're super cool there. I can't wait to go back next time. I don't think it's yeah. a lot to ask for. No, that makes a lot of sense because the way that it played out, I'm like, I've never been in that place before. Yeah. So I don't know anything. So now that's your that impression of that. Yeah. Like, what if someone oh, comes up to you? Shitty. Like what's Jack's like? You're going to be like, oh, well, there's just one story. Yeah, that sucks, man. That's true. But it's important for me to realize like the old will would have totally just hit someone. But you kind of have to know like, (laughs) what what is your react? Like what happens? It ruins the night. 
everyone maybe we get away with it but who cares like i don't yeah. want to hurt this person the same way i don't want to be hurt by them i don't want nothing like yeah. I, I don't know but it's like a, a growth thing where you kind of have to be like these actions they impact people and they they you know, to be able to explain yourself now in a polite world he never would have done that and i don't have to worry about it but again yeah. the real world people are going to act like that and thank god i knew how to handle it without violence no one really taught me that growing up i just had to figure that shit out from fighting a lot and being like, I don't want to, this is hurts, man. I got knuckles. <laughs> I don't, don't want to do this, but that stuff's important, right? Just understanding that there, uh, the world isn't, it isn't all roses and, and butterflies, man. There's some tough parts. And I think being a parent, like that's an important thing to instill in your child as a child that only got instilled the bad stuff. I know how important it is to be kind and soft and gentle. And the people that only experience a soft kind of gentle when they become adults, they realize, damn, I wish I wasn't shielded so much. So you kind of have to have yeah. a good balance. Yeah, it's true. Life is so interesting that way. And a lot of it comes down to how are we treating each other, right? Yeah. How are we treating each other? For sure. And what like, is the right way to treat each other? How, how would you approach a situation like that? I mean. Ideally, I know that life doesn't always happen the, the, the way but, it should. That is a complex situation. Yeah. He's probably just there being an asshole because he's a doorman, you know? Probably people are dumb. Probably having a rough Trying to get anyways. into a door. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's true. Probably, probably just trying to walk past in. him or something stupid. So. How would you handle, maybe not that situation then. How would you handle a situation where someone, I guess, what's the right way? I still struggle with this. What's the right way to handle someone that is just not doing the right things? And I want to say rude rude is an interpretation, right? Yeah. Like something like that was pretty blatant. Like anyone would have thought that was rude. Not just me. Yeah. Like what's the right way to handle someone like that? I mean, you can't always, teach, maybe not the right way. Give a, me your way. How you would can't you handle always that? teach a lesson to people? Cause there's no time. Plus you're yeah. a stranger. They're not going <laughs> to listen to your lesson anyways. Do you yeah. get my point though? Like it's hard. Like if I walk away, guess who gets the, the blunt force of the next treatment, the next, couple of friends that walk through yeah. we were the next couple to someone else who didn't handle that guy yeah, he obviously yeah. got away with his shit over and over to the point where i walked up he thought he can do it again and i like to hope in my stupid little brain that thinks optimistically that the very next couple that walked up to that line or group or individual i i like to hope that guy treated them better yeah you know i kind of recognize that that two people did walk up and they actually waited there for a while. So maybe they did get a better There were people waiting there when we walked by the first time. So you're right. And then probably got told to leave and wasted their time. Yeah. I, I And I don't know. I know it's not my job, I mean, but I, I think that's people, a very peculiar situation. But just how in general do you handle people that are being freaking rude, right? Like that are being just disrespectful or like. Just overbearing, you know, appropriately too. That's the hard part. Right. And think I were all adults there, but what if it wasn't a bar? What if it was a Chuck E. Cheese's and you're with your kids and some guy acts like that? I mean, that's a hard decision. This is life. And we've been through a few years of it, right? Yep. At least 10 years as adults. I mean, adults. Like at this point, <laughs> some of those air quotes, man, I'm, I'm 30, I'm 30 now and I'm, I'm barely yeah. starting to feel like an adult. Yeah. I, I feel like, like an adult in moments only. Like not if like so, if yet, you know, yeah, maybe not yet even. So it's like as children, mm -hmm. as grown ass children, like what we are, yeah, <laughs> you gotta be aware that you're dealing with young people. Like, 
And a lot of us have had troubled parents and like people that aren't mature in our society, you know? Yeah. And like, like this is the real world. People aren't all like good. And I mean, there's goodness in everybody for sure, but people haven't been raised all the way. People aren't mature. People don't know how to have respect for each other. And like, and there's so many situations and pressures and moments and this and that. Like, like we're saying, disconnection from your imagination, from your real meditative, peaceful self. Cause we do it for one hour, maybe twice a year. Yeah. You get yeah. to that float tank and you go into a peace. We're not monks by any means, no. you know? Yeah. We're far from it. So like, you know, what if we were all monks here? I feel we're, like the world needs balance. So I feel like it would be a really bad world if we're all monks too. <laughs> I think we need some assholes. I think we need some experiences. I think we need people to challenge us. And I think yeah. we need life to challenge us. And we need those really difficult moments to be able to overcome them. So, so I get what you're tr- like, what you're saying. I wouldn't like, I wouldn't want a world where everyone's peaceful. I want some challenge. I want some things I don't understand. I want no, some it's, difficulty. Man. It's exciting for yeah. sure. Way more exciting. I enjoy the excitement of going out to the freaking bar or something. Yeah. Where there's young people there that are like dumb or like. We usually get good stories. I hope no one gets hurt. Right. That's the end like thing where you're like, you want to make sure everyone's safe, but you're right. There's always some cool stories in in experiencing things and they don't all have to be alcohol bar related, but just stepping out of your comfort zone and doing something that you're not a master at or that you've never done. Like you're always going to get way more stories out of that or memories or experiences. How we talked about than yeah. going to the same place and doing the same things. I would tell every single person. And I tried telling Stefan this when he's in there, when he was in here. And if you're watching Stefan, listen to this, stop going and doing the same things at the same places. If you're single and you're the type of person that thinks I have not met my person and it's been so long that maybe I never will. I think that you just haven't met enough people. I think that you haven't done enough things and you haven't gone enough places. You haven't put yourself in situations that are uncomfortable. You ever been asked to do something that you're not even remotely interested in? And mostly you say no, but every now and then when you say, yeah, you go and you meet new people, you have a new experience and that's your memory of that thing. And it's so much funner. And I've done this in a relationship and met cool people. So single people that do this are going to meet so much more people have so much more opportunity to not only meet someone that's their person, but also to figure out who they are. Maybe something's wrong with you. Yeah. Maybe you're not going to figure that out until you see and realize more stuff. Laura invited me to yoga one time and it was not even like peaceful yoga. It was booty yoga. So it's literally hot yoga. <laughs> we're shaking our asses off and doing jump up, jump down, hop up. Uh, we're doing cra- I was sweating, burned the most calories I've ever burned in my life. Yeah. But I now have a really powerful story about that because I did it. I don't know if I ever do it again. But that stands yeah. out to me way more than a gym story. Like I have a million of those. I go to the gym all the time, but I have yeah. one really cool yoga story. You know what I mean? And what happened with it and how it went. And credit, I've been to other types of yoga since, but that's what I'm talking about. Say yes. Almost like that movie. Yes, man. With Jim Carrey. Yeah. Do it for a day. I know that movie. He did it for a long time. Do it for one day. Just say yes to everything and just see what happens. I feel like you'd have some really cool like moments. Yeah. I feel like a lot of days the opportunity doesn't even arise to, to say yes to something new because you're not in a position for there to even be an opportunity. Yeah. There's no opportunity. There's no new people. I mean, at this point, just the way the world is today, I definitely want to say yes to new experiences. And like, I'm 
I'm actually excited to go out and do things that I've never done before, you know, and kind of like get out places that I've never been before, experiences that I've never had and just yeah. kind of fill it out and just get in there. The next time you're in one of those moments where it's like, uh, you ever like get offered two things and one of them's way more comfortable. Hey, do you want to go um, to Applebee's? Let's say you go to Applebee's a lot, or there's this new place. It's a brewery on third street called Badunka dunks. I'm making up a name. It's not real. Okay. Mostly you go, I mean, if you're creative, you might go like, I shouldn't use Badunka dunk. That sounds like a fun place to go. <laughs> Let's say it's called like peanut. And someone's like, you want to go to this bar called peanut or do you want to go to Applebee's? And you're like, Oh, I go to Applebee's all the time. I like their wings there. I'll for sure have wings. I want wings. And they have my favorite beer, and I know it's in my budget. I don't have to worry about money. It's right down the street. It's easy to drive home. Applebee's. That's what yeah. happens. Yeah. How about go to Peanuts or Badunka Dunks, if we call it that? <laughs> How about go to the place you've never heard of? How about go to the place you have the most issues with? Because you're more likely to have a different experience. So you know what Applebee's is like. You know, you know what's going to happen there. You know what the food's going to taste like. You know what the experience is like, and you're in control. It's the control thing. Safe. Yeah. It's safe to do the things I've already done. But instead, try to do the things that you haven't done. And maybe that's a bad example. Maybe nothing happens at the new place, but you take that same example and apply it to anything. Just try new things, go new places, and you will have new experiences. And the worst thing that will happen, literally the absolute worst thing that could happen is you don't like it. And you now yeah. get to tell everyone how peanuts slash badonka dunks is the worst bar in town and you don't go there. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, or whatever it is. Do you get my point though? Like you got to like go out on a limb and try some new stuff. And just stop yourself in those moments and go like, hey, I think I'm going to go the route that's confusing. I think I'm yeah. going to go to the place I've never heard of. I think I'm going to hang out with these people and just hope they're good. But even if they're bad, at least I get to tell a cool story. You know how many sketchy people I've hung out with? And then they're the best stories. People are like, that happened? I'm like, yeah. thought they were cool. Turns out they're alcoholics. They could be murderers, man. Guy tried to kill me. <laughs> Whatever. You have stories like that. Yeah. But their experiences, they make you stronger. They make you grow. They make you think. They make you imagine. And they make you a better person, I think. For sure. You got to be careful, for sure. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get murdered. got to be careful with how far you're going with your experiences. Good definitely. point. I think if you have a good grasp on, like, safety. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, I think nobody wants to get hurt. Nobody wants to have physical injury. Yeah. Nobody wants to be harmed, you know? Yeah. But having that's new normal. experiences is important. I think vetting out the harmful ones is fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you, if that's really what it is then just say, Hey, the moment it feels unsafe, I'm out, have an yeah. out. I'm going to drive. If you're with a stranger, Hey, I'll meet you there because if things are crazy. I want to be able to leave, but like still take some sort of risk and get some new memory. I just yeah. think it's like, you just got to do something different. Yeah. I love your stories about how you travel mm -hmm. and the experiences you have in foreign countries in nature and stuff. Yeah. There's definitely risk involved with that but also beautiful experiences in nature and stuff. And yeah. that's exciting for me. Yeah. It's why I mean, my first time really camping was at Lloyd and I like, it was so cold. I was sleeping with like the hand warmers in my bag. It was, we'd been drinking a lot. There was animals there. Like I was scared about bears. Like, it was wild, but it was like way cooler yeah. than any other camping experience I've ever had because yeah. I was used to camping safely right off the road, blow up beds and, some sort of power source so I can text, you know what I mean? Like that's like, yeah. that's not camping. What I'm yeah. saying is like, it's okay to like try something that's like, all right, this is going to make me feel uncomfortable. I really like my phone, but screw it. I can do this for a day or two. And if I, if, if I hate it at the end, I now know not to do that again. Yeah. It can be a little bit rough. Yeah. But I also agree. Some of the best camping trips I've ever had, they got a little bit rough. Like 
there was a thunderstorm that hit. It was a little uncomfortable in the middle of the night, and it's pouring, and we're all huddled together under a rock. Yeah. And it's crazy out there. That's a way better story than, like, it went well. Like, yeah, it was. It uh, was camping uh, stuff. We slept, and we, there was we a were, fire. We were in the RV. And Everything was super safe. <laughs> Like those, the better stories are like when things went haywire. When you walk yeah. up to a friend, like you'll never guess what happened to me. They're yeah. immediately like, "Wait, what?" Way more than like, "Hey, you probably are going to fall asleep during this story." But here Cause, goes because those are real experiences. Yeah, and people usually relate. Remember, we talked earlier about the comfortability. People don't want to say things that they think other people might judge. Like you mentioned the dream stuff, and like I again, I started this podcast off by telling you that's what I admired about you, which is why I'm glad that you continue to do that. Yeah. It's 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 way more interesting because from what you said, I'm like, Hey, I can think of something like that. It's like, and then people listening will go like, uh, maybe they won't admit it, but when they hear that people go like, yeah, I can kind of relate to that. And, um, it, those are the moments where you really like have a connection. I remember it sounds stupid, but I remember a guy telling me a story about how he, he just threw it out as like a joke during a conversation when we we're all hanging out at a party, um, about the, you ever get the wiggle when you pee? Like right towards the end, he's like, oh, like there's a weird wiggle where it's like almost done. Like he had mentioned something about that. And I was like, my eyes lit up. I was like, I thought I was the only one that that happened to. Like that totally happens to me too. Where I'm yeah. like peeing and then right towards the end, I'm like, oh, like real quick. And then it's <laughs> over. And then it is so stupid. Like no one's going out telling anyone that that happened. But uh, and people listen to this, if that's happened to you, leave it in the comments. I want to know I'm not the only one. But when he told me yeah. that story, that is that happened to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. So when he told me that story. Back. I relate to him and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so glad he said that. Cause I feel that all the time, but I'm not just going to throw it out there to people. But yeah. when people do, it's refreshing and you're like, Oh, you see a different side of them and you connect better. Yeah. Yeah. So I like just that like man. little personal experiences. Yeah. That are like, I, I, that happens to me. I just never say it out loud. They're like hidden in, in our lives. They're like hidden. Yeah. Like, cause there's no opportunity to talk about them. Yeah. You don't just come out and say that. Like you as just, you walk out, Hey guys, oh, listen up, everyone bring it in. I was peeing and, uh, <laughs> you'll never right guess what happened the there. end. Yeah. I was totally peeing. And then I wiggled at the end. It's totally strange. Like, yeah. They're going to be like a wiggling sensation. Yeah. Did this guy just call me over for this story. Like <laughs> you're right. The moments aren't always there, but yeah. when they are and you take advantage of them, really cool things happen. And people go, even if it's something stupid like that, like people yeah. just realize like, that guy's willing to talk about some real shit at his own expense. I, I admire that. Who doesn't want to be around someone who they probably are not going to be judged by? Like, that's my biggest thing. And I'm someone who cares probably the least. So I can imagine people care, care more, but I still don't want to be around someone that might judge me because I really want someone to try to understand me. And I gravitate toward, towards those people more. And so Whoa. to get someone that's understanding, it really helps if you're the one that's understanding first or as well it really opens mm -hmm. that door right for sure but judgment though is uh it's, it's a, i think it's a fair measuring stick what do you mean break that down i feel like naturally we're constantly judging for sure at you all know? times yeah. but but i hope that i'm judging you with a fair stick you know like I'm judging you with the same stick that i'm judging myself yeah like measuring i'm measuring you I'm judging how much are you standing up in this, these areas, you know, in a sense. So like, I'm thinking about my professors in a way and like, it's exciting to be around them. I know that they're definitely judging me, you know, <laughs> cause I'm a student. It's kind of their job. They're evaluating you. Yeah, yeah. It's like evaluating, right? Yeah. So like the pressure is on 
you know, the pressure's on in those situations when you're with those people. But I feel like it's also like exciting, kind of helps you keep your energy up. Yeah. Makes for, you know, more like just more meaningful outcomes in a way. We're definitely all judging people at all times. Yeah. Like what if we're in the presence of like a powerful being, you know? Yeah. Have you ever acted differently around a certain person and afterwards, like, why did I do that? It's not even all conscious sometimes. Sometimes like, why did I like, that's not how I feel. We were just talking about that today. Were we? Wait, I was? No, no, me and uh, my partner. Why do you keep saying your partner? My partner, Daniela. (laughs) (laughs) Some people are going to think you're the guy. No, no, no. (laughs) Just say Daniela. Yeah, me and Daniela. (laughs) She's my partner. Yeah, partner in crime. There we go. My partner in life. P-I-C. P-I-L, if it's life. My pill. My pill. (laughs) (laughs) She's my partner in life. My pill. My pill. Oh, that's awesome. So you guys, what were you guys talking about? We were talking about, because we were listening to the song, and it's like, I think you're somebody else under the surface. I kind of know it. Who is that? <laughs> I forget the name of the song. Just the tempo, though. I know what you're saying. Yeah, you look like yourself, but you're somebody else. Okay. I don't know. I'm singing it terrible, but. It's, you're good. I think um, people listening will know what song. But what? the lyrics, though, they're like. You're acting like yourself, but you're somebody else under the surface. Mm -hmm. And we were kind of breaking it down. We're like, and we were talking about like, what is this song talking about? And then we're like, it's almost like the human experience because I recognize that I do act differently around different people, Mm -hmm. but I'm conscious of it. I'm aware of it. So I was saying that I always like make an effort to let my real self shine out with everybody like my authentic self, even though I'm acting a little bit differently in the presence of different people, Mm -hmm. I still try and project my, my uh, consistent self, who I am. I still project that out, even though it's like altered a little bit. Yeah. And I feel like that's the human experience. I feel like it's a common thing with all of us. Like we're not going to act the same if our boss is in the room, you know, or if somebody who has, importance in our mind of a high stature whatever situation yeah you're never gonna be it's gonna affect you there would just be a bunch of people farting at their jobs (laughs) like yeah that's what you do at home you know what i mean where you feel comfortable yeah you're you're by yourself yes you're totally that's why i never liked the invisibility superpower when people were like i'd want to be invisible i'm like fuck no you would see all the grossest stuff and you would turn into this judgy person you're so alone you would almost always be by yourself well some people aren't meant to for those vulnerabilities to come out can you imagine how vulnerable you would feel what if right now like la like god or whoever showed up and said hey um guess what i've been filming your whole life every moment i'm going to play some key moments and it's just you like flicking a booger or like farting or you know, I mean, yeah. the things that people do that they don't want to talk about, right. That they yeah. all do or yeah. dancing in the mirror after you peed because you want to see if you can dance and it's stupid, <laughs> yeah. whatever, whatever people do. If you could see that you would feel so embarrassed. You'd feel so vulnerable. People aren't meant to see those. Some moments are meant to be private, right? Yeah. So that's why invisibility would be the worst one. People always think of the good parts of that, what you could accomplish, but the worst, the bad parts to me heavily outweigh it. I would, I don't want to know. I don't want to know about what people do with their time because I don't want people knowing about mine. Because yeah. it's your, your, you need that. So I've never yeah. liked that. I've never liked the, uh, but you, so you're right. Going back to the that's, point. You, sorry to interrupt. No, no, go for it. Go I ahead. I feel like that's why the invisibility, all the movies and stuff that portray that mm-hmm. they're usually darker 
Because, like the invisible man. Yeah. Because they're like <laughs> intruding on people's private moments and like it yes. gets all distorted. It there. gets distorted. And- yeah. But your point of like, you want to have a good relationship with like, you want to care what people think, but not enough to where you change who you are. You want to care enough that you don't cross their line. Right? Like if I just met you, I don't want to cross your boundaries, but I also don't know what your boundaries are yet. Cause I just met you. Yeah. And so there's a certain amount of me that I'm going to let out because it's safe. And as yeah. I get to know you, I eventually want to be myself. And there's moments where you can take risks and there's moments where you can be yourself as long as it's not intruding. And if it is kind of like what we were talking about earlier, the ability to explain it, Hey, this is just who I am. I know I'm weird. I didn't mean to make you feel uncomfortable. I get how I would have, uh, but that's just who I am. It comes from a place where I just, I, I kind of want to authentically be myself, but had I known you cared about that, I wouldn't have done it. Like I, I apologize. Like, yeah. If you're able to do that, that's almost way more powerful than just not, being yourself, right? It's like yeah. this balance of like, who am I and how much of me am I allowed to let out around who? Yeah. Yeah. It comes back to like uh, what we were talking about, about parenting. And, yeah, I'm sure it comes and, into that a lot. Uh, acknowledging, right? Like addressing maybe, oh, maybe I was uh, in the wrong here. Yeah. Like learning how to apologize or like kind of address what you did with everybody. Like even people in that situation that we're talking about now, mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe that was inappropriate. Like I didn't understand that that was something sensitive to you or this is who I am and my experiences. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of reconnect. It's almost more powerful. And so it reminds me of that. And we'll take another little break here in a second. Okay. We'll add something cool in there. Um apologies and this is bad but i want people to know that this happened to me at one point or this is something that like i was like essentially let me just say it right and again this is me being vulnerable because i think people might relate to it i went through a phase when i was single where i was really trying to figure out women i'd been through some bad relationships and i was like how I'm, all right, I'm I'm trying to find the best way to say it so people don't think I'm an asshole. See, we're doing it. And we just talked about this where I'm trying to respect everyone's boundaries. I was an asshole at one point and it came from a good place, but it came from, I, I essentially, I figured out that women were really big suckers for apologies. And obviously I'm speaking in generalities. I'm not saying all women are, but I figured out regardless of what I did, if you're a really good apologizer, it almost is better than if you never messed up, right? If you messed up and then you can acknowledge it, Women, and this is again, 20 year old will figuring out life would be like, oh my God, that's so strong of him that he's able to acknowledge that. And I figure this out and I would use it to my advantage and it's terrible and I don't do it anymore, but I have to be honest where Mm -hmm. I would be really mean to people, apologize for it. And I would get that girl and it worked a lot. Like it was like a common thing to the (laughs) point where I literally like I cussed people out and been straight up like. Like you're fucking stupid and da 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 and like, like you present like just going off. I wish I can tell you a few of these stories, and yeah. then like taking like walking away or something, and then coming back out to me. Hey, you know what? Like that has a lot more to do about me than you. Like I I really didn't mean to do that. I was frustrated, and I get that it hurt your feelings, and I am I totally regret it. I don't know what's wrong with me. Like I apologize though. You didn't deserve that. Yeah. And like they would go like, oh, it's okay. And what I said was brutal. And I'm like, what? And then they would be like, well, what are you doing? Like, let's go get a drink. And so it's like, and I know it sounds bad, but I'm just being honest. I figured that out and I use it to my advantage a lot. That's such an interesting example because like based off of our conversation, 
we are recognizing how that ability to apologize is important to acknowledge. It that, is, but it could be used for some bad stuff. Also manipulating that. Is yes. That's not good at all. And yeah, here's the thing is I, I am still to this day a good apologizer, but it's so much more authentic. My, I don't, I don't need that anymore. You know, I mean, I'm in a wonderful relationship, so I yeah. have to actually apologize. But back then it was literally for that reason. And I remember yeah. that frame in my life. And I totally like, again, being honest and trying to grow from something it was totally wrong of me to like do it. But in the same sense, it also taught me how to be a really good apologizer. I just had to learn how to put my emotions and thought and, and actions behind it. Like I don't, now I don't apologize if I don't mean it. If if someone yeah. says you need to apologize to me, I'm like, I'll apologize to you if I feel sorry, but if I don't, you're never gonna get that from me. I just don't do it. So if you get an apology yeah. from me, I actually meant it from the heart because I don't give fake apologies anymore. Probably because I spent years doing that shit. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of that MGK song. Which one? Apologize? Um, no, he's like, first off, I'm sorry for to nobody or something. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Conor it's McGregor really has a line like that after his uh, one of, when he won the second He's belt. Like, I want to say sorry to nobody. To absolutely fucking nobody. Yeah. The king does what he wants. <laughs> so I can kind of see from everything where we're talking about the maturity of that statement. Yeah. Freaking apologizing like well, authentically, important, authentically, you have to kind of, authentically. Yeah. You, authentic is the perfect way of putting it. And don't, don't be manipulating people. Yeah. I feel like I just taught some young kid right now how to don't use this. That was, that was, but it was honest. That's how it that was. was like I, a clever technique that people can get. <laughs> That's the best way to describe me growing up is clever. I had to figure some stuff out. Yeah. Uh, let's take another break. Okay. Oh no, God. No, God, please. No, 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 no. It's good. We it feel is. better Every, now. Everybody needs breaks. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a question for you. Answer it however you want. All right. Don't get in trouble, though. Okay. If you get in trouble, it's not my fault. Okay. Okay. Sure. Let's talk about relationships real quick. Okay. And it doesn't have to get too crazy. But I was thinking about this the other day. Did you, we obviously know who you're with now. I'm in a relationship. You're in a relationship. So we'll keep as respectful as we can do, but with also being interesting and creative. Yeah. Did you, growing up, do you have like a type? Do you remember there being like a type? Like this is typically the kind of person I'm with. Or has it been kind Honestly, of mixed up? No. Have no you dated type, really. like kind of different people? Yeah. Okay. For sure. So I wanted to get an idea of what your type was like. So I put together okay. a little thing for you. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. And while I pull this up, I will reiterate to the listeners. We are both in relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're both very respectful. This is meant to be fun slash funny and interesting. Yeah. And that's where we'll leave it. Um, but so here's what I was thinking and I'll do it with you. So we're going to mirror this up there. Can you see it? Yeah. For the people watching, you'll see the, the clips right here. So I'm going to give you some people, some celebrities. We'll keep it celebrities. That way it's not weird. And okay. all you got to tell me. So obviously since we're in relationships, you know, they play smash or pass or like one of those games. Yeah. We're not going to do that because we're, we're, we're respectful to our ladies. Yeah. So we're going to go, uh, we're going to go friends. We're going to go friends. Would friends you, would, or not friends or what? Would you be friends? All right. And the people will see this down below. First up, Sofia Vegata. Do you know who she is? Yeah. Would you be friends with her? Yes. Okay. Okay, but let's clear this up. Clear it up. Clear it up. <laughs> when we're saying friends. <laughs> <laughs> Screw it. Let's do the, the real version. That's Is she your type or not? Let's go types. 
type. Yeah. Okay, when we're talking... I think our ladies will respect that. We're We're just talking about type. We're just looking at pictures of women, though. This is not a very good judge of type or not, right? But the reason why I pick celebrities is she has a character, or like you've seen her in movies or like uh, interviews and stuff. Okay, so... So if you were single, quick, would you, would you entertain this idea if Sofia Vegata came up to you and was like, hey, do you mind if I sit down with you and have some food? Like, would you yeah. entertain a conversation? Is she your type? Oh, yeah, for okay. sure. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. I agree. We're on the same yeah. page. This is where it's easy. You ready? Yeah. Next one. Okay. Brie Larson. Do you know who she is? Captain Brie Larson. Marvel? Uh, yeah. Also beautiful woman, for sure. Would you would you would. entertain a conversation? Yes. Okay. So definitely. we're getting it. So this is, fits right into what you said. Different types, right? Yeah. They're not even like remotely the same looking, other than the fact they're a- celebrities. Appearance wise, and also like the roles that they play. Yeah, the roles matter, huh? The language, especially when it comes to like speak, actresses and accents. Yeah, you, you cultural. Have, I agree. Everything. All right. Yeah, details. Same page. So Brie Larson's a yes. Could yes. also be a yes for me, which I want to point out is very. I, I have no, almost no history of dating white women. Yeah. I had like a few girlfriends like in high school when I was like not even really like it wasn't like dating. There's was no intimacy there. Yeah. Um. I, I very rarely am attracted to, to a white girl. My mom has this story. She always tells me that I was like super excited about the uh, blonde white girls that would walk past when I was a little boy. I would just be like, ah, <laughs> Do you know why? I want to go see them. I don't know. I don't remember you, that too much. You don't remember doing it? No. Maybe because your mom remember. is a blonde white girl? Yeah, maybe so. Maybe but, that was your reaction? Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe maybe that's embedded in you somewhere. Have you dated a yeah. white girl ever? I have. Okay. For this sure. fits right into what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. You ready for the next one? Mm-hmm. Zoe Saldana. You know who she is? Yes. Okay. And I want to point out, I chose this picture because she has a gun. Yeah. It's kind of like, you better freaking pick me, bro. Yeah, it's a little like, scary. It's very threatening, huh? She's like, am, am I? Am I your type? Am I? So I, I know, intimidating. Would you? And a little Would nip, you entertain nip, this conversation? Nipple showing? There is a nipple there. <laughs> Maybe I should take it off. I yeah. actually didn't even notice that until you said that. <laughs> it's intense. But type-wise. Yes. All right. So sticking to what you said. Pretty diverse, right? Yeah. Okay. Ready to keep going? Yeah. I would too, by the way. I would. Yeah. Especially yeah. when she's that blue lady in Avatar. Mm-hmm. Those tails, man. Those tails. Sure. I'm just kidding. Yeah. How weird can we make this right now, Will? <laughs> All right. Next one up. You probably don't even know who this is. Do you? Right off the bat? She looks a little bit familiar, but I'm not entirely sure. I don't know her name. I forgot her last name, too, but it's Jillian. She's a, I know she's famous for, she was on The Biggest Loser, that show. She's like a workout enthusiast lady. Okay. A little bit older. Okay. I got a little bit of recognition. Yeah. I think she's beautiful. You this, picture, this picture totally yeah you got some you got a wide type so far so i wouldn't you wouldn't why, I wouldn't. why not? Um, again the white thing i think a little bit um god i'm gonna start sounding racist against white people again i, I just wouldn't like just being honest like just real quick even yeah. the way she is because i have watched the biggest loser in her shows i don't like the way she is I, I, something okay. about her just turns me off yeah i can imagine she's a little bit harsh a little harsh. Which there's a level of harshness, which I think is okay, but I, I just know for whatever reason. I would yeah. yeah. I still would. Okay. Sure. Here yeah. we go. Ready? Yeah. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. I threw her in here because she's older, mm-hmm. but not so old where it's weird. Would you? Would you entertain I mean, a conversation? Of course. 
I would entertain a conversation with damn near anybody, well, bro. Before you say that, there's some more pictures in here. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll set you up a little bit. All right, um, Sandra Bullock, I would say yes too, in a weird way. I don't get yes. it. Um, what do you think her ethnicity is, by the way? You think she's just know. a white girl? Is she like her name is Sandra. <laughs> Sandra Bullock. She's from Whitesville. Um, she like European, obviously. Maybe um, I think maybe because her hair is so dark and her eyes, I, I thought maybe something was mixed in there. But she looks like she has brown eyes. Yeah. Uh, dark gosh, hair. it's hard to tell when you like. There's so much detail, even with white people like European. Like it's weird they, that we say white are they people. German because, are yeah. they Irish? Are they English? It's so diverse. Are right? they Russian? Are they? Yes. There's so many countries, like, it's ridiculous. I agree. You can't really pe- put people in boxes like that. I agree. So, still yeses so far. I agree. So far, I have one no. You have no no's. Yeah. Uh, next one. You ready? Yeah. Holly Berry. Holly Berry. Holly Berry. Mixed. And yeah. it's this version of Holly Berry, not young version. A little bit older here. Yeah. I think she's like 46 or something now. She's in her 40s somewhere. Oh, really? Um. Again, I have this. <laughs> admitting it Laura knows this because I have a thing for Nicole Kidman older uh-huh. women that keep it somehow like I just have a thing for that yeah 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 and I want to point out Laura has some great genes so I feel like she's gonna look wonderful as an older adult but I actually like yeah. Halle Berry older like Nicole Kidman I actually like them older than I did younger oh yeah but you didn't answer I, would you I would I you totally, entertain this yeah all totally. right so so far right on track you're pretty diverse you ready I bet that would be interesting <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually don't even know who this lady is to tell you her name, but she's a famous actress. Yeah. And a lot of people had a crush on her. I Googled um, older celebrities people have crushes on, and she was the main one on multiple sites. You oh, know who really? this is? I don't know who that is. I don't know her name, but I actually just watched a show called Solos. Is she in it? And she's in it. She's- in a, so that's why I threw it in there. Would you? I would entertain a conversation <laughs> with her for sure. But what is that saying though? No, no, I like anything. talking I'm with talking people. Types. With talking types, man. I just want to get I a good like, sense. I like talking with people. I don't know if she's my type though. But you would honestly. entertain the, the potential would, that she could be. Like if she was like, what if she killed um, it in your conversation? She was like so on it. You're like, damn. I would enjoy re- seeing a picture I would of her enjoy enough. relating with her. I think it's you're missing not the necessarily point here, that she's my type. But I would have a conversation with damn near anybody. I All swear. Right. All right. So, so far. So you're... that's maybe not a good question that you're asking me. But the way you interpret it is important. If the way you're interpreting is the way you're interpreting, that's fine. Yeah. I just want to get a good idea of like visually like. There, so is there anyone visually that you're like, no. No. All right. Let's you see. could show me. If <laughs> you're right. showing celebrities, they're all going to be yeses. I'll talk to any celebrity right, that's out. out there. You ready? Yeah. This is an easy one. Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande. Yeah. I know she looks like really young, but she's actually 27. I Googled it just to be safe. In this picture? <laughs> yeah. This is literally like the music awards the other week. Yeah. yeah. You'd have a conversation with her? Yeah. I think she's beautiful. Yeah. I, I get it in the sense of like, she's beautiful kind of thing, but she'd be a no for me. I don't know much of her character. Like I've only seen Part a of few that is why. bits I've and seen, pieces. I've seen some videos of her that are pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, like her acting rude at some donut shop and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but even that. visually, like... Like not like, no, like, I don't know. I totally, I totally would. I think she's very attractive. And, um, even that, like her characteristics, I think it would be fun to just at least talk. talk She's one of those girls. Like like, I get it. Like looking at her, like I get so like, I don't think it's weird. Right. Yeah. I just, for me, no. Yeah. Oh, totally. Talk to Ariana Grande and see (laughs) like what happens. (laughs) Get a record deal. 
Candace Rihanna? Owens. Do you know That's this not Rihanna? No, Rihanna. It's a good sign. <laughs> Candace Owens she is a, a political person. She's like, a, she's like, a, I don't even see. I'm not political enough. I think she's Republican. But she's hmm. like kind of, she's known for being a lot of black people hate her because of her political beliefs. Cause she's, she's the belief of you'd have to watch her. Right. Yeah. But she's the reason why I picked her is because she's famous for being a politician that people are attracted to. So I yeah. wanted to see if that changed your mind. I thought you might know who she is, but no, I think she looks like Rihanna. Okay. She's beautiful. So you're going to go. Yes. Yes. I think if you saw a few interviews, you might be a little bit more intimidated because she's like super knowledgeable on it. Not intimidating in a bad way. Like you're not those things, but yeah. I can see why she would easily intimidate a guy, but you're saying you're in. I would still enjoy talking with her. I'm sure. All right. You ready? Yeah. Cardi B. Cardi B. I hate Cardi B. Yes. I would talk to Cardi B. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) I mean, why? (laughs) I like her accent. First of all. And I've seen, is that an accent or you think she does it on purpose? I don't know. I don't know either. Okay. I don't know. Sure. I would tell you. So she's from New York. Why, so I'm assuming in why New York. the hell wouldn't I talk with Cardi B? Why? Uh, give me the Come would on. you. Because I can give you some why would you nots. But yeah. give me some woods. Why would I? Because she's a fucking celebrity, wealthy artist producing music. But it's music not just talk, like have a conversation. I would have a conversation. But yeah. would you entertain the idea of being with a girl like that if you were single? Looks and personality wise, based off what you know. Is she a yes or a no for you? Um, We're doing the polite smash your pass, remember? So we don't get broken okay. up with. Okay, now that you... We're doing the polite version. The polite. Would you entertain okay. a conversation with Cardi B? Gosh, you know, I don't know. I think she'd really hurt my feelings. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> for real. Oh, that's the best way to describe her. I feel like she would hurt the fuck I out of your feelings. she would break me she up. She would break your heart, dude. Bust me up hard. She would. She would. She's too rough. She's a no? She's rough. No. Yeah, well, she's a rough. Yeah, she's she's a rough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She's a rough woman. We're almost done here. So would, our first no. No. Okay. Sure. What about Flo from Progressive? Flo? You've seen her commercials, right? Yeah. I think. Would you go out on a date with Flo? With leaving the door open to maybe I might like her. Honestly, I don't find her attractive. She's not attractive, but I would still go. She'd be a yes for me. I would go on the date because I feel like that'd be the funnest date ever. I feel like she, her, her character, her charisma, is so and character much would come out. like outstanding. And, and then I would, at the end of the night, I think I'd be like, nah. But yeah. like, I would, I would definitely go on the date. Yeah. But no. All right. That'd be a no for me because no. unattractive. So Cardi B and Flo from Progressive is out. Kind of find it annoying. At this point. <laughs> you think Those she's annoying? Yeah, I don't like them. <laughs> Too much? Too much. They need to move on. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Isla Fisher. Yes. You remember her from movies? Yeah. She's a redheaded her nympho in, uh, from American Pie yeah. or American Wedding or Wedding Crashers. Wedding Jesus. Crashers. Wedding Crashers. Yeah. Okay. She's I had to throw her in here because she was a redhead. Yeah. So I was yeah. trying to get a taste of your interests and I hadn't had a redhead yet. Definitely, yes. I find her very attractive. Very. For sure. Okay. I agree. It should be a yes for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's dating Sasha Barrett Cohen, by the way, the guy Sasha, that plays Borat. Oh, I thought she was like dating a woman. But, no, no, no. Uh, yeah. Sasha Barrett Sasha Cohen Bar- is the guy that played Borat. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And he's oh, super that's... weird, but apparently super cool when he's not that's in character. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You ready? Yeah. The two girls from White Chicks. The two girls from White Chicks? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I was hoping you didn't see White Come Chicks. On, dude. <laughs> you said you'd, you'd say yes to anyone. 
Would you would you date these two chicks or my chicks? I mean, you get two, so that, I probably wouldn't even want to entertain a conversation. It would just be weird. That's just because awkward. you know it's the Wayans brothers. It's like awkward, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. What if you didn't know it was the Wayans brothers and you just met these two chicks? I feel like you're thinking about it. <laughs> Maybe a good makeup. No, no makeup no. department. So it's a no. It's it's a no because just appearance wise on this one, it'd be like they're not even remotely attractive. Even knowing that they're men, yeah, they, no. they're for sure. Even if someone told me that those were for sure women, it'd still be a no. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so we're noed. All right, I think this is the last one. I'll know when I see it. You ready? Yeah. Oh, not the last one. That's Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. This might be. This might be Mr. Gaga. I'm that's, not sure. That's a little bit tricky for me. Because <laughs> I don't know about her personality. I could have picked a worse picture than this, by the way. Because yeah. Because she's done some weird ass outfits. Yeah, for sure. I don't know about her personality. I definitely heard a lot of weird things about her. Really? And there's so much. Like, Pretty sure oh, she's a vegan. Does that matter? Man, woman, not sure. <laughs> strange. She's lot strange. A lot of weird like topics about her and like the stuff that she does. So not even worth a, we're not even worth a date, but I mean, I kind of like some of her songs and her creativity. I also don't find but her you can like, like someone's music and not be interested in them. No, that's true. Still. I don't think she's completely repulsive appearance wise, not super attractive. Repulsive. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Not completely repulsive, just Not, like kind of repulsive. Like, I mean, she's like has a weird appeal to her. I'm a no hard way. no on Lady Gaga. You're a hard no, hard no, like not even a little bit. What for what reason? The though? only thing I like about her is her voice. And I notice how I didn't say her music. I'm not a some of her songs, I hate them. Yeah, but she does have a good voice, she does sing very well. And she makes me feel certain things when I listen to her music. So yeah. I know she has a powerful voice. That's yeah. about it. I don't like the way yeah. she acts in interviews. I don't like her character in that movie. I don't like the way she looks. Like okay. So it's like the combination of all of it put together. Like it's not even close. It's a hard no for me. It's a no for me for sure. I think this is the last one. You ready? Yeah. Nope. Not the last one. But I had to throw her in here. Because different body type than most of the rest. But still really pretty. Gal Gadot played Wonder Woman. What would you say? Definitely yes. Yeah, I beautiful. I love her in Fast and the Furious. Just I forgot she was in Fast and the Furious. I didn't know. I for what was the first movie I saw her in? I think I saw her in something else, and then she became Wonder Woman. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is. Beautiful to me. She's actually sure. kind of tall. Um, yeah, I don't mind that at all. Not even my favorite body type. If I'm being like super picky and honest, uh, but. But Pretty look go. at her face. Pretty go. Face of a Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> a Wonder Woman. <laughs> All right. This is probably the last one. You ready? Yeah. Bridget the Midget. Bridget the Midget. Do you know who that is? Um, Not entirely. Is she in Me, Myself, and Irene? Or? She's actually a porn star. <laughs> Really? And I'm pretty sure that's DJ Black that's with her. <laughs> Is that DJ Black? No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. He's going to be a guest in a few weeks. <laughs> Dude. No, no, no. This is Bridget the Midget. She was in a few movies, but she's famous for doing porn. And oh, she really? was like, and I'm not calling her a midget to be rude. That's what she goes by. She goes by Bridget the Midget. And she's pretty famous for like the early 2000s, late 90s. Yeah. 
Um, Keep in mind, she's like three feet tall. Yeah. Maybe two and a half. Jeez. You know, I don't find her very attractive. (laughs) I probably should have picked a picture where her eye is like cockeyed. So no. Kind of throws me off. What about you? I don't know. Oh, hard no. No. Hard no. No. I actually knew a girl that was little. Can we not say, can we say the midget word again? If I say bitch. Bidget. <laughs> Bidget. Can I say Bidget? Jeez, no. Bridget the midget. If you say it that way, it seems to be okay. I, I No, I wouldn't. It's, yeah. I, you know what's weird is I hang out with, that's actually the last picture, so I'll close it up. Okay. I hang out with people that, like, that's like their thing. I've heard guys, like, be like, oh, you got to watch, like, midget porn or something like that. It's like one of their fantasies. Yeah. Not even remotely close to something I'm interested in. So it should yeah, be a hard no to. I've I actually, like never, most of those I've actually never watched that before. Never Midget seen porn? That. Yeah. I saw one that was called <laughs> Should we get into it? I saw one that was called Willy Wonka and Willy Wanker and the Chocolate Packing Factory. <laughs> I saw I saw like four <laughs> to five seconds of it and I turned it off. It was it was terrible. I don't even want to tell Sounds you what it was terrible. about. But that's the closest <laughs> I got to watching one. <laughs> Just that title alone, that probably has to be edited out of the podcast. like i'm leaving it maybe maybe we'll edit it out i think uh so the point of that was to get a good idea of who you like who your type was and i think you're right when you said that you don't really have a type because i feel like i threw in a mixture of ethnicities mixture of heights (laughs) yeah a mixture of color a mixture of uh body types uh everything and i personality you you were yeah personalities you were kind of all over the place so yeah yeah maybe you don't have a type yeah, I just, I like what I like. I like to think I don't have a type, but looking at my dating history, I definitely have a type. But if I'm being honest, like, that's where it's weird. Like, where it's like, would you? Like, maybe if the situation was right, but like, probably not. Like, I wouldn't gravitate to that person in a room. Like, if I had a choice, probably not. But, but people have special energy, right? Like, you were talking about. In what is that, your, by the way? When one people, of your previous conversations which was about charisma right Mm -hmm. and it's that that was the one with Stefan we're talking about it's that momentarily energy that they possess in the moment and between you and them what is charisma like what what does it mean when someone's charismatic because people I think oftentimes confuse that with character or character or animation but that's yeah. not true. Sometimes charisma is just the way you handle yourself, right? Yeah, I think charisma a is a, it's a special energy, actually. I've actually heard some deep thinkers talk about charisma being like an energy that builds up in your body. Yeah. Type of like electrical field, almost. Getting scientific here. But Scientificer? Like, scientific <laughs> here, I said. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's scientificer. No, no. not er, here. This is what happens here. when you talk two we're, feet off the ground, We're man. getting scientific there here. There we go. Scientific uh, charis- here. Charisma as a type of uh, internal energy. That would, do you think that you would be perceived as someone who's charismatic? In moments at times. I feel like charisma builds up when you um, um, practice non-ejaculation. <laughs> that's the science of it brother I feel like this is another conversation media bad. we've there, had this conversation before I think for sure. I, I actually completely disagree with you 
I, I literally think that that's the worst thing you could do is cause, all right. So give me your argument. Cause if you're, rem- we've okay. talked about this so many times, yeah. if you're remotely going to get me to agree with you, you got to give me a really good one. Okay. Because I know what you're talking about. People that like tantric or whatever, like people that go a long time without finishing, right? T- Tantra's breath control. Okay. Yeah. So should I go first or you? Cause I, I'm completely against that. Um, I would like to rebuttal okay. and give you my Fair enough, ideas. because I know I come off very strong. Okay. Here's what I, I think it's stupid. I think people make stupid decisions when they're horny or when they're thinking, and I'm talking about men. Maybe women can feel the same way, but I'm a man. I'm going to speak from a man's perspective. Okay. You make dumb decisions and do dumb things all the time with sex in mind. And, and it doesn't literally have to be sex, but I'm talking about sexual thoughts, yeah. like whether it's choosing an applicant. You know how many male interviewers will choose the hotter girl, right? Because yes. things arise and they, they haven't dealt with stuff and they Even do that. And maybe she's qualified. And maybe she's the worst candidate in the world, but he won't figure that out because that's all he can see. I'm just pointing out moments. I think the yeah. worst thing you can do is suppress it and go about life. I think you'll make worse decisions. I think you'll make worse friendships because they'll be sex driven. And I think you'll make worse decisions. I said decisions first, but that's okay. double time. Double worst decisions. Yeah. I think the best thing a male could do ever is if they're considering something with a person, with a human. If a guy told me, like, there's this girl and I really like her, but she, I think she'll hate my family. I don't think my family will like her. She's kind of stupid. She's shallow, but I really want to have sex with her. I would yeah. literally tell that person, go masturbate, go jerk off, and then ask yourself that same question. And if the answer is yeah. still yes, then she is amazing and and probably someone you should invite over to hang out or take on a date. Yeah. But I think the sexual feelings will take the hell over and you'll make decisions based off that because if that person goes and masturbates and comes back and all of a sudden you think clearer and that person's like, wait a minute, I just had this mental thing about her, but it turns yeah. out like I, I don't really like her and I wouldn't bring her on my family. I'd actually be embarrassed. I mean, don't yeah. you want to know that before you make a decision based off this sexual tension that you have built up? That's my theory. Rebut to it all you want. But I think men specifically make terrible decisions based off sexual feelings. Okay. No, that's an, that's an excellent point you Thank had you. there. That Thank makes you. a lot of sense. I hope it does. But I think there's levels to it for sure. There's levels to uh, semen retention and breath control. and and, um, I mean, like people that are very good at that and practiced at it, they talk about having uh, sexual relationships with their partners and achieve, without sex. Ach- achieving an orgasm with sex without ejaculating. So they're retaining their bodily fluid, but having that orgasmic experience without the ejaculation and thus they're retaining the fluids, the the sacred chrism, <laughs> the chrism fluid, because semen is cerebral spinal fluid. Is it's, that really what it is? It's fluid from your spinal cord and your brain. And then it goes and into your balls. You're releasing it out, which the ancient people thought of as the most desecrative act you could commit. What does desecrative mean? Like almost unforgivable. Is it because you're giving part of your brain away? Because you're you're doing it in the wrong way. Okay. I, I'm trying to listen to you unbiasedly, so I want to make sure I'm on the same page as you. Th- this is like old knowledge from old sacred okay. books and stuff, you know? Like, And I've only heard people that know a lot more about it talking about it. And yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm not that deep. But I've heard those ideas, 
and they resonate with me just like hugging a tree resonates with me. Like fair enough. Like so maybe, what's the idea behind it? Is that you will attain what? Um well, you will build up a charisma, a char- a charisma, an energy and mm-hmm. an energetic field. Your body will become empowered and like more sound and structurally integrity of your energetic field. And thus you will have, you'll have more of that. Like we're saying charisma, you'll have like more quality to you, like an energetic glow. You won't lose your fluid. You won't lose your energy. You'll have it built up so strong and you can still have an orgasmic experience sexual with your partners without this excreting your vital fluids. And are so they vital? <laughs> they, right. they are vital. They're key because there are special things that happen when you have those fluids, like special. Uh, so what's your argument for why it feels so good when those things aren't there? If something is so vital, once it leaves your body. No. Why does it feel way well, better well, than if it doesn't? It's been connected with the orgasm orgasm and ejaculation. So you're saying the orgasm is what feels feels good. The orgasm is the experience of that like profound ecstasy, right? But the ejaculation is the excretion of your fluid and immediately after the loss of your vital charismatic energy immediately after. So, okay, I'm following you here. You okay, c- so now this makes more sense. So you're telling me there's a way to reach that orgasmic feeling without Finishing, essentially. There is a way to have that orgasmic feeling extended much longer without depleting your your vital energy. And you know this because you and read about it, or you? I've this? heard, and that is the basis of tantra, and that is the basis of semen retention of the ancient wisdom, non excretion of the vital fluids. But so you're still, basing this off what you read. You've never experienced this. I've never experienced. I've tried it's fine i'm not taking it as a place i've tried a little bit and i've had experiences playing around with it but never anything of that level how do we know it exists then because someone wrote a book or wrote a story about it no well it's just an idea it's just an idea like tree hugging it's just um there's there's information about Mm -hmm. it and there's science there is science behind it like backing it up metaphysical and actual science but I mean, it's something that I've never been able to achieve. It's like something that takes a lot of practice, like being a, a monk in a way. It's like, why do you think they're called seminars, right? Or, <laughs> or yeah, yeah, no, this is just something I've heard. They're, they're they, really seminars. They go to they go to <laughs> seminaries, right? <laughs> it's the linguistics behind it but it's a real thing <laughs> no no in the in these seminaries they teach people how to pra- like learn how to do semen retention i will uh, never forget this conversation no, this, is deep, this is deep ash this is deep but there's shit. seminars that this are not is about stuff that. that they don't tell you about <laughs> i think there's a reason hold on no i think i think this is next level stuff that we're just not ready for you know i, I i'm with you i'm with you to a certain point that's why i told you like wait a minute like all right i can get behind the idea that waiting for something means it'll be better right yeah or at least getting to really know that part of it i'm just not sure how possible it is i'm not sure unless convinced otherwise how possible it is to reach that same orgasmic feeling that you would feel when you release but without that 
I'm not sure how possible that is. Yeah. That's my no. skepticism. I agree for sure. And I've tried <laughs> and I think that there is something to it from my own personal experiences. Okay. Like trying not to ejaculate during sex definitely changes the whole dynamic for sure. And it changes what it's about. It's not so much like, Oh, I'm just trying to get off, trying to get to my release. I think there's an importance in that. Right. Right. And you last longer and it changes. And if you control your breath and breath is essential for health and you control that and it has a great effect on your ability. So breathing and retention are connected intimately. So it just makes sense that there's something that could be like transcendent about that. And I also can, can, uh, can relate to the fact that if you build up your energy, if you're retaining your own bodily fluid, like retaining your essential fluids, something special about your spinal cord fluid for sure that we've never been taught about. But I can imagine though that holding that in and charging it for a long time, because that sexual energy is like very powerful, creative energy. Mm-hmm. And if you let it build up in your body, and overcome your initial argument of like being lustful, how it builds up and then you get blue balls and you're like lustful and you're making decisions based off sex. If you can move past that over years and years of doing this and like maybe still having your orgasm without ejaculation and like learning how to control your body in more advanced ways, mm-hmm. then you're really on another level that nobody's at, you know? At that point, you're a monk. If you're doing years and or, years or something like I that, I think you're you know? onto something because I didn't know this stuff comes from their brain, but you're also right about the whole, like fight, not fighting something, but like really having that, like uh, that not be the main focus. So yeah. I can see that part. You're making some really good points about like what, what benefits it could have. Yeah. I'm just skeptical on how beneficial it is. Um, because let me give you the other side of it. I know some people that didn't have sex for a long time. Like I knew a guy, Probably yeah. people know people longer, but yeah. I was friends with a guy that was 19 or 20 um, that had never had sex before. Yeah. And it was super unhealthy for him. I uh, literally, he was so, I guess I use the words bitchy or like complaining about stuff that I was like, dude, this guy needs to lose his virginity already so he could chill the fuck out. And he did eventually yeah. lose it and he did chill the fuck out and he became yeah. way cooler. And so it's like, and I'm yeah. not like saying this is a non-cool thing, right? He was super cool before when he was a virgin, that he was our friend that was a virgin. That's how he was known and um, we all respected him for it. Yeah. But him as a person like really changed after that. It wasn't this thing anymore. So that's my thing is like when you do something like that, I feel like it becomes a thing. It yeah. becomes this red button effect where it's I, like you can't I, push a red button and that's all you think about is a red button. I understand. And you build your identity around that. Like, yeah. oh, I'm a vegan. I don't eat meat or this or that. And it kind of like it becomes something that you're fixated on. Yeah. But I mean, think you can move past that like you can not be a virgin and be kind of messing around or even be kind of provocative and kind of realize that there's pitfalls in that being too there is for being sure. too lustful being too generous or what's the word i'm looking for like just too like sexual with people like your inhibitions are free yeah, yeah you're like, just yeah there, you, there's you, no level of respect you go respect you right, could, for yourself. You could go through that and then maybe go into a new phase where you're like, all right, I'm going to try something different. And like, like 
you know, life is crazy. It has levels to it. Like you can really go away to your cave and become a monk in many different ways. Yeah. You know, like that's just one route to become like, it's just a path of something that's, you can become very advanced or like a really strong self-control. And it depends on how you utilize it in a healthy way, you know? I get you make a lot of sense because, and this is why this conversation is cool because me and you have opposing opinions on it. Uh, but I, I see a few of the things that you're saying. I still ain't, I'm not totally ain't. How about I say ain't? I haven't used that word in a while. I'm still yeah. not completely <laughs> behind it, but you make good points. You make good points about like, like what could be, it's safe and easy because it's more common to feel the way that I feel. Yeah. And I, 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 I feel that way too. Points. I feel yeah. that way too. I'm, yeah. I'm no monk. I'm no, yeah. You know, yeah, we're not monks, but it sparks interest in me. It sparks a bit of excitement. Yeah. This is a possibility, you know? And I'm but like, also, Oh, it's a okay. different thing than people are normally used to doing. It's yeah. Like, why not? Kind of thing. I get it. Yeah. Like being different. Like I like to be I'm different. different. Yeah. I'm different. Everyone bobs their head of that song, but they don't really want to be different. Huh? No, I, I, uh, I wish I had more power to be more different than other interesting. people. Cause I feel like it takes a lot of power and energy. I think, doing podcasting stuff, I fall into this groove of, which is usually successful in other businesses. Just um, don't reinvent the wheel. They say like, just do yeah. what they're doing. And so I started doing that with stuff. And I've recently tried to mix some stuff up because I'm like, there's already a Joe Rogan. There's already uh, a Bill Burr. There's already these other podcasts. Exist. Uh, Jake or Logan Paul has a podcast. There's already these different styles. Like, I don't want to do it that way. I wanted to mix things up and like add it. That's why I changed the background. That's why I've been trying to change the way I put the thumbnail on the thing. Yeah. And I don't know if I'll ever nail it, but I've gotten to the point where I'm really thinking outside the box. Like, what could I do differently as opposed to how do I mimic the most successful people? Yeah. Um, and I think it's important. I think you're right. I think people thought Elon Musk was out of his mind before he made his first million. People probably thought Steve Jobs was out of his mind before he invented the iPod. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I think that people should think you're out of your mind. And if people tell you that's never going to work, that means you're probably on to something. Yeah. Yeah. Like you should like, really explore that. Like if you're the same as most people, you're probably not rich. You're, yeah. Cause those people right. aren't the same Cause as us. Most of us are not rich. You know, yeah. like if that's those the are, goal, di- those are different type of special people. Like they're yeah. getting into different realms, you know? Yes. I agree. Yeah. It's a, uh, I want to be, it's funny. Cause I was singing that I'm different song. It's crazy the amount of hip hop or music in general that people will listen to and sing the words to, but like not really understand what they're saying. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's common in hip hop a lot, like where people say something, but they're not really about it. Like, and rappers are notorious for this. Like people will be like, yeah, I do walked up a pop three shots. And it's like that guy like got arrested last week and snitched on his friends. You know, I mean? he definitely doesn't own a gun. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like weird things like that. Like, but people will listen to that song and be about it yeah. as if they are. It's like the person you're mimicking isn't even about it. And so it's like mm. weird. Like, where do we get our influence and do we vet our sources? We definitely don't do it in music. We just yeah. assume the artist is telling the truth and we do it. Now, I'm picking on hip hop right now as a hip hop fan, but it's true in country. Yeah. It's true in uh, R and B it's true in rock. Like it's, it's true of, of people present their story, but it, usually it's the way they want to be. And so it's like, do we really vet our sources? Like, are we sure? I talk about this a lot with memes. I don't know. You're not on social media a lot. Yeah. But there's a meme thing where it would be like a cool quote. 
and then they'll just throw a celebrity behind it. And so the quote will be, and I'm making something up. It'll be like, uh, you must make millions of dollars for every second that you breathe. But should you breathe for every millions of dollars to take your breath away? Like, it'll be something like that. And then they'll have like in the background, it's like J Cole or Drake or like fucking Gandhi. Like, I don't know. It's always someone that's I'm like, they didn't say that. Like, it's just some quote and you put some famous person behind it. And you don't even like that quote. You don't even live by that quote. That's not even a real quote. It makes no sense. Or sometimes it makes a little bit of sense, but I'm like, you posted it because it's an easy thing to say. Mm. And I hate little sayings like that. Cause I think people should challenge themselves to come up with your own quote, first of all, but also like, don't just fall into like the pattern of the quotes. You know what I mean? Like you must learn to, to crawl before you can run. Like we know what that means. How about you come up with your own (laughs) shit? How about crawling is super fucking hard. And if I could skip that and just go to running, I could probably beat Usain Bolt in a race. And so like, you know, (laughs) I mean, I'd be legit like, damn, at least he came up with that phrase on his own. You know what I mean? Yeah, know. straight up. I'm done with those. There are some really good quotes that I love. There are some good quotes, but there's definitely some overused ones. Yeah. And the cliche ones, right? Yeah. Um, one, of, one of my favorite. Give me one, yeah. was by Winston Churchill. And I'm about to butcher this. It's all good. But we can Google it. it's something like, it's not, um, or not only do we design the buildings, but the buildings create who we are. Or something like that. And I freaking love that quote. Like as we shape our buildings, thereafter they shape us. Quote Sir Winston Churchill. We shape our buildings, therefore they shape us more than structures. We are creating environments of trust. Is that the one? That's the one for sure. Very simple. But to me that just had so much meaning that takes me to like what I'm so fascinated with. Like buildings, ancient Egyptian architecture. Well that's the so the 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 more um, quicker version of it, it says right on the top, we shape our buildings thereafter they shape us. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that that had very depth of meaning. That one really was exciting for me. I love that quote. That's a good quote. That speaks to me a lot. There's a few good ones out there, huh? We, We shape our buildings thereafter they shape us. And to me, that's like, the importance of what we're building and the environment that we live in. And it's almost speaks to like poverty, you know, like Mm -hmm. people living in poorly constructed environments and neighborhoods, as opposed to people living in very nice, rich houses and, and how that those poorly houses and those rich houses, they're actually shaping us first. We build them, but then as we're living in them, they actually really influence us a lot in our quality of life and our health. You know, yeah, yeah. The whole metaphorically behind the metaphorical purpose behind it, just being like the things we build end up influencing us. One of my favorite quotes is actually not even by a famous person. It's a movie quote from Fight Club. You ever seen Fight Club? I love Fight Club. The part where Brad Pitt, and considering what his role in the movie is as Tyler Durden, he says uh, he tells uh, Edward Norton in the bar. He says, the things you own end up owning you. And then they leave the bar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the whole movie is about like fighting against like major like advertisement and like the way of the world. Yeah. But what a powerful quote. Think about that for a second. The things you own end up owning you. Mm-hmm. Like what a powerful statement. And I truly to this day always remember that because it's so important. Like we put so much value in the Gucci purchase or the Citizen Watch or the whatever, the Jordan shoes. 
You mm. know what I mean? Those things end up being who you are. So when there's a house fire one day, I'm just giving an example, you lose a part of yourself when people say that as someone who's been through a house fire. It's because you put too much yeah. value in the things. I wasn't that way. I was in a house fire where I lost things. I was just a kid. I'm like, all right, we'll just get new things. But to my parents, it was way more impactful. We had to move. It really shook up our family. And imagine if your house burned down today, you would definitely lose a lot of who you are. Yes, like, because the older you get, going back to what we were talking about earlier with children versus adults and their imagination, you get a little bit more attached. But mm-hmm. you really have to have a good balance of the things that you own. And like what, what, like how much do those things really own you and the way you feel? Like, yeah. But I feel are, like you would only lose it moment, momentarily because yeah. I mean, you've worked hard and you bought a lot of these items and the way you're using them, like all this uh, podcasting equipment. Yeah. It's awesome. So it is a, part but I would of be, you. I would be grieving these moments more than I'd be grieving the camera or the microphones. Yeah. They're part of it because they yeah. make the moment happen, but you're right. I would care more about, like I really missed and now I'm losing out on this moment that I get to create for a while. You would lose your capability to have this show. Yes. You know, which would require me to think outside the box and figure out a solution to that problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have the will to do that because your will. There we go. Yeah. I am. will. yeah, <laughs> Dude, this has been so much fun. This is probably, we should wrap it up. We're hitting close to a long ass time. Yeah. What a great conversation, man. How do you feel yeah. coming back? You were on one of the first episodes ever, and then now you're back in the new studio. How do you feel? It feels good. Much more comfortable. Yeah. And I freaking had a great time here tonight. Yeah, dude. I feel like we talked about some crazy stuff. Loved great. Well, I'm Loved excited. It. I'm totally glad that you were here. I'm, you're definitely going to be on again. So I'm not going to ask you to be on again. You're going to be on again. Uh, okay. I hope the people enjoyed you, and I hope they enjoyed this conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, I might ruin this name, but you ready? Yemi Stap Adiogba. Beautiful. Better? Yeah. All right. My guy. And we're out.